following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fan. My co-host, the Cannonball, Alex Steele, joining me today. Alex, welcome. How you doing, everybody? Yeah, welcome back to the show. Uh, the bootleg better not joining us again. He's got some family stuff going on. So, Boots, we, we are uh, hoping to see you next week. Um, moving into this week, though, Alex and I, we've got it under control. Boots did send his picks in for this week. So we're going to be uh, jumping into the... Uh, the weekly pick em schedule here, but Alex, a wild week 14 in the books. We had some um, very defensive games a lot of times going on. We had some very one-sided games going on. We had, Boy, did we ever. Yeah, we had a little bit of uh, uh, drama drama with the uh, referees. I feel like it's much more common these days, but uh, a little bit of drama drama there with uh, old Kansas City and Buffalo. We'll be talking about that. Uh, Roger Goodell made his stance very clear on that. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun with this show. I'll tell you that <laughs> it, it was it was a time. So uh, with that, Alex, I'd like to jump into these Week 14 games. Um, so uh, we're, we're gonna jump right in here. So here are your scores for Week 14 in the NFL. Starting out with the Thursday night football game, Patriots and the Steelers. Patriots pick up the W, 21-18. Uh, you know the Patriots. Uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about Bailey Zappi and this quarterback conundrum that they're experiencing. Look, the story for me in this game is Zeke Elliott. I, I thought he had himself. This is one of those games that, that it's we, we expected. This is what we wanted. We have been talking about Zeke Elliott for a while. When is he going to get his chance? When is Ramadre Stevenson, you know, going to seed carries to him or whatever the case? Ramadre Stevenson goes out with an ankle injury, and here comes Zeke, and Zeke looked awesome in this game 22 carries for 68 yards but he also had uh, a number of passing yards here and and he also got in the end zone seven receptions 72 yards which is something we didn't see out of Ezekiel Elliott over in Dallas he didn't he didn't really show those receiving chops that we like to um you know and and we I I think the league likes these receivers these running backs to be a lot more dual threat and Zeke showed he can be dual threat it was very interesting uh fantasy managers were thrilled including myself it was just a great showing from zeke elliott i'm pretty happy with it alex let's say you you know it's it's good to see zeke back in form right now uh you know he had seven catches for 72 yards had 22 carries for only 68 yards but you know you signed this guy in the offseason you know hoping that he can put up some numbers for you at least be be a uh some sort of uh a force you know even though the patriots have already been eliminated from playoff contention and sitting at a paltry three and ten uh it, nonetheless you know it, it's good to see that you know you're getting at least some uh production out of them even though it's too little too late right. um but hey i mean if you had them on your fantasy more power to you yeah uh the the patriots you know they bailey zappy had himself an all right game 19 for 28 243 touchdowns and a pick you know, it was, a, it was actually a darn good game for him. Juju Smith-Schuster getting involved, too. Four receptions, 90 yards. 
The the Steelers, you know, and we talk about Zeke Elliott before we jump into the Steelers here. <clears throat> Zeke Elliott had had 22 carries for 68 yards. He also had, you know, the 72 or through, through the air. He got in the end zone. One thing I'll point out about the Steelers is they play a lot of man coverage, uh, which, which definitely causes a lot of ruckus as it pertains to the passing game, but it allows for a lot of guys to get out of the backfield and, and uh, get those passes in the flat and make something of it, especially if they're very uh, skilled and at, um, at uh, the old rack yards. A rack, rack yardage, rather, uh, mm-hmm. and and Zeke Elliott is is very good at doing that, getting those rack yards, and uh, yeah, I, I I think Zeke did a hell of a job in this game against a very tough Steelers defense that has been nothing to sneeze at this year. On the Steelers side, though, their problems weren't on the defensive side of the ball; they were on the offensive side of the ball. One hundred percent. Brought it on in the field, twenty-two for thirty-five, one ninety. He has a, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, he was their leading ball carrier, which is absolutely horrible. Let me just yeah. tell you, you know, the Steelers have Jalen Warren. Yeah. I, I don't I don't get it. He's better yeah. than Tommy Harris. You know, he's yep. more explosive. He can catch out of the backfield. He he's I, I don't understand why Jalen Warren isn't getting more. I don't understand why Najee Harris still has a starting job. I just, I don't get it. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But, hey, you know what? We always, everybody always talks about how Bill Belichick always has uh, Mike Tomlin's number. We always hear about that. Uh, You know, Bill Belichick has always had Mike Tomlin's number. And here we are. And a lot of the reason is self-inflicted wounds, like not using Jalen Warren, who has proven on multiple occasions this, this season that he's the most explosive running back on that roster. So to me, yeah. it doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh, that the Steelers did this and and, and uh, executed the way they executed. But you know, here's the Patriots, you know, having their way with them. And the Patriots' defense, by the way, has been nothing to sneeze at either. So right, I mean, exactly. Yeah. So you know, well, when your leading rusher is your also your starting quarterback, and he carries the ball eight times for thirty yards, and Najee gets twelve carries and twenty nine yards. Uh, there's a problem. And Jalen Warren only got the ball seven times? What? That doesn't make any sense. It's troubling. It's troubling. Yeah. You, you don't have a running game with an offense that has notoriously been heavy running and which with, with quarterbacks that aren't good. You know, mm-hmm. he, was Kenny Pickett out there, you should be running the ball more. You know, like, you should be leaning on that run game. You shouldn't be forcing the ball and into Mitch Trubisky's hands and having him throw it 35 times. Ball control football would have been far more uh, um, practical in this case mm-hmm. than, than having Mitch Trubisky throw the ball that many times. But it right. is And only get 190 yards out of it. Right. <laughs> I, I, it's senseless. But it is what it is. The Steelers uh, drop one of the Patriots here and, and damage their playoff hopes. But they're they're still in the talk there, so they're still in the discussion. Oddly enough, there there when this whole thing started, there were this week. There are so many teams that are at seven and six. It's yep. absolutely insane. Yep, there's a lot of teams sitting in that middle of the road type of spot. It's we're going to see which ones decide to actually break away from that whole situation. Uh, speaking of seven and six teams, moving on to our next game, the Houston Texans, seven and six, drop one to the New York Jets, who are now five and eight. I, look, C.J. Stroud looked abysmal in this game. This was the worst 
game I could have ever thought for this young man. The Jets had his number. Uh, he, I mean, his his leading receiver was Brevin Jordan, who had three receptions for for thirty five yards. Stroud was twenty three for ninety one. He gets knocked out with a concussion. He doesn't return. Nico Collins gets hurt in this game. I think he has a, a calf a calf strain. He's out for the. He winds up going out early in this game. And and now both those guys are on the shelf for this upcoming week. Uh, and and the Houston Texans are now sitting at at seven and six. Stroud exits the the situation. Zach Wilson is the first Jets three hundred yard passer in almost like two decades. I think. <laughs> He Holy goes smokes. That's almost like that's almost like Joe Namath days. Right. He goes out and he has himself a twenty-seven for thirty-six, three hundred and one yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he played mistake-free football. Garrett Wilson had nine receptions for 108 yards. Felt like they were calling his number all game long. You know, the, the Jets just dominated this game. It's it's all there is to it. It was and a lot of people are kind of chalking it up as an anomaly. Uh, you know, and, and it could very well be, but you know, this upcoming week here. We're going to be talking about C.J. Stroud and his availability. I mean, there's a, a lot of problems there. Stroud left with a concussion. He did enter concussion protocol after this game. So that's something. The Jets go out and, and just dominate. 30-6. to six. I mean, damn. <laughs> yeah, what, what do you attribute? Do you attribute it at least in part to the Jets' defense? I mean, Sauce Gardner was out there. He had three tackles and an assist. Yeah, uh, I, nobody, really, nobody really recorded an interception. I mean... I, I, could chalk, I could chalk this up big time to the Jets' defense, the, the pass rush primarily. Uh, another thing I can chalk it up to as far as the coverage point, like as far as coverage goes, you know, think about guys that weren't out there. Nico Collins went out of that game early. Tank Dell broke his leg last week. He's out for the year. He, you know, C.J. Stroud lost his two top weapons, and then you've got Noah Brown getting covered by Sauce Gardner. I, I it was it was and Noah Brown's your your number one, and and Robert Woods I think was hurt as well. You know, you're losing all your weapons. You got C.J. Stroud sitting in there just just struggling against a, a mighty Jets pass defense. And and mm. I, I didn't look. The Texans being uh, right now 7-6, and six, if you would have told me that was going to happen, I would have told you you're nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expected, you know, still a bad record, but to, for them to be around the middle of the league and even in playoff discussion time, and we're sitting, you know, on the on the precipice of week 15. When actually, right now it's it's 10:35 at night on Saturday. Week 15 is underway, and and yep. uh, you know you got. Yep, but they still got a per, they still have an outside shot at the AFC South. You know, they're they're just they're a game they're a game behind the Colts and a game and a half behind the Jaguars. Cool. So you know, it, it's still up in the air. You know, yep. and and I think most of it is in part to. The two, the aforementioned two-move punch, you know, in the in the draft, the the two-three punch, if you will, uh, Stroud and Will Anderson. Yeah, you know, and, and we're going to be talking about Stroud and Will Anderson a little bit here too, and and uh, how they've been as rookies. Uh, th- those guys have been phenomenal for this team, and and to see the Texans turn it around, to see D'Amico Ryan's go over there and do what he did, uh, you know, it's impressive. So I mean, here's here's the. The Texans sitting at seven and six, though they dropped this one to the Jets. We'll see what happens this week, but we're, like I said, we're going to be talking about the availability of Stroud and company. Uh, next up, the Rams and the Ravens. The Ravens beat the Rams in a shootout. This one was fun. It went to overtime. Uh, fun game to watch. Matt Stafford, twenty-three for forty-one, two and four, three touchdowns. Still look good, even though he needs Tommy John. He still looked good. Uh, <laughs> Bingo card. Yep, yeah, there it is. 
Uh, Lamar Jackson, 24 for 43, 316, three touchdowns and a pick. You know, Lamar also... That's a lot lot of times to throw the ball. Yeah. Uh, Lamar also had 11 carries for 70 yards. Odell Beckham shows up on the stat sheet, four receptions, 97 and a touchdown. And duels with with Cooper Cup, who had eight receptions, 115 and a touchdown. Lots of offense in this game. Also, you, 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 you like uh, you like catches and you like offense, you like touchdowns. This is the game for you. Yeah, and also uh, a guy that, that people need to talk about more, Kyron Williams, this running back from the, the L.A. Rams. He was out for a few weeks. He's come back uh, as of last week, and uh, he came back and had himself a great, great Sunday game against, uh, against the Ravens. Uh, Kyron Williams has been outright explosive. For, for the Rams, he's going to be one of the best running backs in football moving forward. You can tell uh, he's a special player, and the Rams got a good one. So, but the Ra- the Ravens get the W here in walk off fashion. Uh, you know, hell of a game, and and it was a, a, a punt return for a touchdown uh, for the W. So, hey, you know it, it is what it is. But uh, the the Ravens they they pull up. They they wind up at ten and three. I think the Ravens are sitting atop the AFC right now. So I think that's mm-hmm. something about how this offense has transformed. I think it's it's uh, shows a lot about how that defense is, and I think it shows how dangerous a fully healthy Baltimore Ravens team can be. If you remember last year, they led the league in injuries. They, mm-hmm. it, I think it's been the last two seasons they were leading the league in injuries. That says a lot, you know, for them to still make the playoffs these last couple of years, uh, or one year they missed, one year they made it. I think it was last year they made it. And then this this up year now they're sitting atop, you know, the AFC, yep. and they haven't had a, a ton of injuries. And, uh, and, let's, of- and let's not forget that J.K. Dobbins, you know, he's out again for the for the whole season, early on in the season. So you know, you think, oh, there he's their starting running back, and he, you know, he once again blows out his ACL. So it's like, you know, haha, and J.K. Dobbins. But the deal is here. Uh, you know the Baltimore Ravens look like the look like look they look the best they've have in in a, in several years. Right. You know uh, they are looking like the most dangerous team in football. We've taken Lamar Jackson to task before for you know running the football too much and not throw. You know his accuracy has been improving. You know he's been throwing the ball more. You know since we've ch- since we and this show have challenged him. Not that we have like, any right to challenge him, but the idea is that. You know, Baltimore is really starting to come into its own, and I would highly expect them to challenge, you know, the the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs in either the divisional round or even the conference championship. Right. Uh, I I fully believe that the Ravens could be on the fast track to the uh, uh, to the uh, uh, Super Bowl. You know, if if this continues, they've quietly been a dangerous team quietly been a very good team and only recently did people start talking about them um you know and and really i think the ravens right now they've they've got their uh uh, they've got they don't really have major competition right now i would say i think their only competition right now is the kansas city chiefs Mm. you know and and that's uh i mean and and miami possibly miami Possibly Miami. I think Miami's kind of an interesting anomaly too, and Miami's exciting, and they uh, uh, they're explosive. But but when you're talking about the defense, are going to be taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. When you when you look on the stat sheet, you're looking up against that defense. 
even the greats are going to be quaking in their boots. I mean, they're dangerous on defense. Right, and and that's the problem. So, I mean, here we are. You know, you get the uh, the Ravens right now, dangerous on offense, dangerous on defense. That Todd Monken system, I've been I've been touting it as the real deal for weeks now, and here we are. That Todd Monken system, getting Lamar where he needs to go. Uh, the Ravens pull this one out, 37-31. The Rams still in the playoff discussion. When we thought they were going to be out early on in the season, they've been winning some games, and they've come back. They're like the turd in the punch bowl. So, I mean, get ready for that. Uh, next up, Saints and Panthers. Saints dominate the Panthers, 28 You want to talk about turds. Yeah, this one was sort of expected. I just didn't expect some of the silly shit we saw. Uh, Derek Carr, 18 for 26 for 119 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Bryce, you want to talk about horrible. Bryce Young, 13 for 36. Ugh. Yards. Uh, you know, you that's, a, that's a 33%. That's, that's just a pubic hair above 33%. For 137 yards. Now, granted, what what have we been saying all year? It's not necessarily Bryce Young's fault. This is a condemnation of the Panthers organization failing to protect their number one draft and failing to protect their long-term investment by not getting him a quality offensive line. Right. And that's been the big problem. The interior offensive line for the Panthers, you know, Bryce Young is just getting, you know, the hell be out of him on the interior there. Uh, he's not getting passing lanes opened up. You know, it's and, it, and his size has to be taken into account as well. Right, and and that's the problem. You know, his his size is a problem. Uh, it, it's going to be an ongoing issue until they they fix the offensive line and fix some of the things on this uh, on this football team. The defense is good. I'll tell you that the defense is good. The problem is, is that you've got uh, an offense that gives opposing offenses a lot more opportunities that they should that they they shouldn't be afforded. If right. this team fixes their offense, I, I would. If and if I were them, I would I would appoint Ezra Evero as the head coach. I don't think mm-hmm. that it's a question. Ezra Evero has done everything right. His defense is great. His defense is top ten this year for this team. That's the crazy part. Is they Frank Reich still the head coach? What was that? Is Frank Reich still the head coach? No, Frank Reich got let go a couple weeks ago. and, mm, and Okay, now I remember. I, 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 knew, I thought I read somewhere he got fired. Yeah, yeah, he was he was let go a few weeks ago, and, and here we are, you know. Ezra Evero wasn't named the interim, and and to me, he should have been named the interim. You know, I, and, and I, I just don't understand how he wasn't. Um, they're going to have a, a long way to go fixing this football team on the offensive side of the football. Luckily, the defensive side of the football is actually pretty damn good. But, uh, yeah, here we are. Panthers over here dropping 128-6. Uh, and, and the Saints, believe it or not, are still in the hunt. I, you know, like, well, you, well let's, let's, let me stop you right there. There are three teams in, in the NFC South right now as of press time that are six and seven. All of them are below 500, and all three of those teams have the exact same chance right. to win the NFC South. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let's let's not get too excited. But but it's, <laughs> it's just funny that the Saints are still in the hunt. I mean, they, exactly. Their, their offense has been terrible. Uh, their defense has been the only thing really keeping them afloat. Uh, Dennis Allen is a disaster as a head coach. Uh, <laughs> Derek, Derek Carr getting picked up in the offseason. We thought he was going to have a career career resurgence. So much for that. So much for that. Oh, it's and here we are. You know, it's just it's it's just brutal. Uh, the Saints get an easy win against the Panthers, and uh, 
you know, they're, they're still in the hunt, believe it or not. I, I just, yep. I, I can't believe that. Uh, next up, Colts, man. They get slapped around by the Bengals. Jake Browning, man, 34-14. Um, this one was a, a surprise to say the least. I don't believe I didn't I didn't believe in Jake Browning. Um, he looked a little rough, and we'll be talking about Jake Browning. He looked a little rough at the end of uh, today's game, but in this game, Jake Browning, man, 18 for 24, 275, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, that's elite game manager. That's what yep. he is. he is not he is not a world beater, but he's an elite game manager. Uh, there were guys making all kinds of plays, though. Michael uh, Michael Pittman for the Colts. He went out there, eight receptions, 95 yards. Gardner Minshew, 29 for thir- or 26 for 39, 241 touchdown, one pick. Uh, you know, the uh, the Colts, they're so hit or miss. The, mm-hmm. the there, there's some weeks where they're humming. Um, the one thing that I can really say usually stands out for the Colts is their defense. Not in this one. Uh, their, their defense was was rough man and uh mm-hmm. browning looked good well you, you, they got 34 points dropped on him so there's that's that's the evidence there yep and and jake browning i mean he looked good joe mixon 21 carries for 79 yards and a touchdown and jake browning also had a rushing touchdown in this one by the way uh chase brown three receptions 80 yards and a touchdown t higgins two receptions for 72 yards i mean he's he's it wasn't a ton of throwing but it was enough and and you know the Bengals just dominate uh, said that the Bengals moved to seven and six. Colts moved to seven and six. Uh, Bengals walk away with this one 34-14. And the Bengals, when we thought early on in the season that they were going to be just basically out of the discussion as far as playoffs go because they started so poorly, the Bengals mm. are in the discussion. So yeah. we'll be- even even after Joe Burrow went down with injury, and we thought, oh God, the wheels have fallen off. Hang on a second, they're still they're still there. Yeah, so uh, has been has been interesting to say the least, and that defense has actually been pretty disruptive. Um, moving into the Bucks and Falcons, the Bucks beat the Falcons twenty nine to twenty five. Baker Mayfield uh, didn't do much of anything. Fourteen for twenty nine, one hundred and forty four yards, two touchdowns. Uh, very inaccurate, but hey, man, getting points on the board. The story for me on the Bengals side of the football was Rashad White. Man, he had twenty five carries for one hundred and two yards. But then he also added on another two receptions for 33 and a touchdown. He was just awesome in this game. And that's what you do to beat the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons have a very, very good pass defense, but their run defense is terrible. Run the ball. Use your guys out of the backfield. Anything short is going to get you the yardage you need. You know, they, they need to keep everything underneath. You need to, you know, a lot of screen passes if you're going to throw the ball. That's how you beat the Atlanta Falcons. And that's what the Buccaneers did. They went out and beat the Atlanta Falcons with these plays. It was just smart football on their end. And they they basically dominated this game from, from start to finish. Uh, the Falcons did put up 15 in the fourth quarter, trying to come back. But, man, you know, it's it, the, the Bucs had, had enough uh, behind them to keep this one, uh, you know, locked yep. up. Desmond Ritter goes 26 for 40 in this game for 347 against a bad Bucs pass defense. Let's be real. Um, right. Story for the Falcons, though, Woo, Drake London, man. Ten receptions, 172 yards. Oh, did, did Arthur Smith finally figure out how to use number one receivers? Yeah, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. <laughs> out of nowhere. And, and look, I don't know that he figured it out, but, uh, you know, this is, this is uh, you know, a bad Buccaneers defense. That's yep. what it is. It's a bad Buccaneers pass defense. 
They've been horrible all year. Every team that's passed against them has been tearing them up. So here we are. Uh, but the Bucks wind up getting away with one 29-25. They are firmly in the discussion for the NFC South, as are the Falcons. It's like just a, the worst. which team sucks the least. Yeah. <laughs> which, you know, and, and you know that's not all, it's not a hundred percent their fault. I mean, they've run into teams. You know, there's parity in the NFL, like we always discuss. Some teams, you know, in some divisions, we always find out there's always that one. You know, redheaded stepchild division. One year it was the NFC West. This yeah. year it's the NFC South. One year it was the NFC East. So you know, it 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 depends from year to year. There's always that one division where everybody's below 500, yet somebody has to win. Somebody has to go to the playoffs. Yeah. So you know, it'll be interesting to see. You know, with with four games left in the week, left in the year, you know who's who's going to be where. Imagine if one of those teams goes <laughs> goes to the Super Bowl. Uh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I would, I would be, I would throw up on myself. But, yeah, uh, I, I would, I would sell my Super Bowl tickets to somebody at half price. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, next up, the Browns beat the Jags twenty-one. Or, I'm sorry, thirty-one to twenty-seven. The Browns get the W here. You know, fun game. Uh, the the story of this one clearly: Joe Flacco, twenty-six for forty-five, what? seven three touchdowns and a pick. What year is it? Yeah, is, what are, we, are we back into? Are we back in the twenty teens now? Yeah, I, I mean, Joe Flacco in an NFL in an NFL quarterback role. You know, it's like just when you think, you know, this year's always has been completely full of surprises. This one a very pleasant surprise, yeah. you know, because you know it's uh, the massage massage boy. I can't. I can never remember his name right off the top of my head. Oh. Uh, I- Deshaun Watson, you know, definitely, you know, isn't the guy that you need. PJ Walker hasn't been, you know, the guy that the, you know, we're start we're starting up the quarterback carousel again in Cleveland, and it's not a good thing. But to have Joe Flacco there as kind of like you know the veteran presence, and you know he's like, oh, he's still got a little bit of gas in the tank. You know, you if you have a guy like him, you know, you you got an out, <clears throat> you got an outside shot at making some noise, you know, at the at the last part of the season. Exactly, and and that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, you know, Joe Flacco is kind of keeping them alive. The the Browns are eight and five right now. They're in, firmly in the playoff picture um, as one of those wild card guys. That I don't think they're going to beat out the Ravens for the division, but hey, and it's it's something to see the Cleveland Browns getting ready to make the playoffs again. Uh, last time we saw them in the playoffs, they kicked the ever loving shit out of the Steelers. We remember that one. <clears throat> it was a, a beating of epic proportions. But uh, the Browns, man, they, they they dominated this one. Trevor Lawrence, 28 for 50. Through 50 times, uh, 257, three touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, Travis Etienne did some work. He had 14 carries for 35 yards uh, and a touchdown. And, uh, yeah, it's it's just gone. The, the, the Jags, I don't, I don't know why their defense is struggling the way it is in some games. It just kind of went off. The, off the rails there. Evan Ingram had 11, Evan, I'm sorry, 11 receptions for 95 yards, two touchdowns. He was their leading receiver. But, I mean, the the Jags defense struggled against Joe Flacco. And it, maybe it's the veteran presence, presence, I don't know. But Njoku was getting open. Cooper was getting open. Elijah Moore was getting open. And then the kicker about it was they added another 70 yards on the ground between Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. I mean, it's just... Why are you struggling as hard as you are? 
you know, and, and they clearly need something over there on the defensive side of the football. Just don't know what. And, and right. you, you got the Colts and the Texans nipping at your heels. Right. You know, you, you're holding on by a thread, you know, in the, in the AFC South. You know, you need every, you need all the help you can get. So and if, there, if there was ever an opportunity to, to, you know, jump out in front and, and lead this division and, and just definitively put it away, you know, this is the time because you've got Anthony Richardson gone and you've got C.J. Stroud out right now for, for this week at least. And we'll be talking about him in a little bit. But you got Stroud on the shelf and, and you know, this, this is the opportunity. This is the time. This is the time to put this thing away when you when your opposing your opposing quarterbacks are gone. Yep. This is the time you you can you can really just put that thing take advantage of the weakness if you want the division. You know, right? That's that's what they got to do. So, and they're not doing it, and and it, that's kind of rough. But the Jags drop one to the Browns, a tough one. Uh, you know, I kind of it was it was a tough matchup. I get it, but man, I didn't. I thought the Jags were going to win this one. Um, next up, this one had to sting, Alex. Uh, <sighs> it was it was brutal. Go ahead and get the preliminaries. The Bears go out, beat the Lions twenty-eight to thirteen in a blowout, a double-digit blowout. Um, yep, that's an appropriate term. Yeah, the the Lions struggled in every facet of this game. Goff twenty for thirty-five, one sixty-one, one touchdown, two picks. Jameer Gibbs had eleven carries for sixty-six yards and a touchdown. I know it sounds like a good number. I'll explain something in a minute here. Uh, Justin Fields nineteen for thirty-three, two twenty-three. He had a touchdown. He also ran for fifty-eight yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know the the Lions have, were actually pretty. They were decent at keeping Fields contained at certain points, but he still mm-hmm. got end zone. DJ Moore also had a run, three carries, 20 yards, and a, and a touchdown. Uh, DJ Moore also got in the end zone in the, the passing game, six receptions, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Cole Komet as well, five receptions, 66. Look, here's the thing. When when it came to this Lions team, uh, Chicago right now, I don't know if anybody noticed, their defense over the course of the last several weeks since they traded for Montez Sweat has mm-hmm. been top of the line. I don't know if anybody noticed that. I think everybody kind of chalked this game up as a wash, that, that the Lions were, were, it was a foregone conclusion that the Lions were going to dominate the Chicago Bears. And uh, this is a trademark trap game. This mm-hmm. is a we saw with the Vikings a couple of weeks ago. That was a trap game. This game was a trap game. Uh, and the Lions ran into one. Uh, now look, Jameer Gibbs, 11 carries, 66 yards and a touchdown. The, the pass defense for Chicago has been out of this world. Okay, but their run defense has not been that good this year, so I don't want anybody to get it twisted. Okay, let's let's just mm-hmm. let's make that right. abundantly clear. But the Chicago Bears, um, you know, this was the Lions' game to lose. It Absolutely. Really, and and I yeah, look at you, you, a lot of people are blaming the defense, and and uh, it's just not. It, it is a problem, but when you mm-hmm. have. That as much money as you had spent in free mm. agency. I talked about this last week, and I'll, I'll say it again. You were the fourth highest spender in free agency. You had, in the last two years, you've had, what, 10 picks in the top 105? Yep. And and most of it was used on defense. Mm. And your defense still is struggling. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I, to, to be fair, you know, I personally blame all three sides of the ball. 
you know, off defense, offense, and special teams. Jared Goff, especially, you know, easily had his worst game of the year. Yeah. I mean, it was it was absolutely like the entire team just looked like they did not know what they were doing. And this is, I mean, we've always seen throughout the entire year that they struggled in the third quarter. You know, and the and the, the silly thing about this is in the first half. They were able to get with it. They were able to take the lead back from the Bears and go and, you know, get into halftime with a lead and get the ball to start the second half. So you think, okay, we're going to be fine. You know, then, you know, obviously things unfolded the way they did. So, you know, we've, we've always struggled in the third quarter, but the, to have zero points in the second half of a football game. Yes, it's a divisional game. Yes, it's the NFC North. Yes, it's the black and blue division. But there's absolutely no reason to have the Lions play the way they played across the board. And once again, you know, at the end of the day, who's the person responsible for getting all of his players into the positions they need to be in order to succeed? The head coach, Dan Campbell. And... You know, we we talked off air, uh, and you know, off air, and you know, outside of this podcast, we uh, an interesting term has, has surfaced. And uh, when I first heard it, you know, it took me by surprise. And I really sat back and I thought about it. And you know, you and I, it turns out, are in lockstep when we talk about this. Okay, so I'm going to be the one to bring it up. Dan Campbell, you know, for all intents and purposes, seems to be an emotional support coach. You know, you know, to, yes, yeah. Mr. Freetown here brought that up, and I'm like, you know what? That kind of makes sense. You know, all those locker room post game locker room talks, where they win, you don't see it when you don't see it when they lose, and just like, you know, his post game speech about this game. Oh, I have to be a little more irritable. You know, when I heard that, I'm like, what NFL head coach in in this league uh, uses that word? I mean, now granted, this we are far removed from the days of Bill Parcells and Jimmy Johnson and uh, Jim Nora Sr. You know, we're far removed from those days. But still, I still find it hard to believe that an NFL head coach worth his salt would use the word irritable. Now, granted, if that was just if that was just one of those things where it's like, okay, I know I have to, you know, expect more out of my players, you know, you know, but still, it it just it. The whole thing seems suspect with the well, not, you know, I, 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 don't, I didn't prepare my players for the Green Bay game. We weren't, we don't want to get into a dogfight with Seattle. He said some things over the course of this year that have been very, very questionable. You know, and, and, one, and it's a good point you bring that up. And, and I need to be more irritable. Well, maybe it's just me, but it just sounds to me like, like Dan Campbell has become complacent. And in that they they won they won enough games. When and he they, said that, like my comment to you guys was that he seems to have officially been lionized. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's like, oh, we won enough. I I, I want to point out how the narrative has changed, not just from Dan Campbell, from but but also from the, the fans' perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, when when this off season was happening, and we we talked about all about the off season, we went through the off season. And Alex, I, I'm going to point to you in this situation because when we went through our off-season prediction, your <laughs> prediction was what? Uh, that the Lions were going to go 15-1 and uh, and win, take the number one seed and win the Super Bowl. Yep. Now, here we are, weeks mm-hmm. later, okay, you know, months later, and, <laughs> and we're looking at 
a, a stretch of about four games. And as it, as it currently stands, I mean, the Lions are kicking the ever-loving shit out of the Broncos right now. But yep. which, as, which, which needed to happen. Right. But as we sit here and, and we talk about these last four weeks, the, the, the narrative has changed as far as the Detroit Lions go. Fans are no longer talking about Super Bowl. They're talking about, uh, oh, well, as long as you make the playoffs and get a playoff win. You yeah. know, and, and it's like didn't didn't we call didn't you call it earlier on this show that a playoff appearance and a playoff win was our Super Bowl? Yeah, but that's the thing. That's the problem. It's it's almost mm-hmm. it, to be honest. It's almost a little pathetic. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it really is. I, I've said numerous times. I quote it. It's it's a quote from the movie Moneyball. Unless you win the last game of the year, nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. Who cares if you go to the playoffs and you get eliminated in the first round? whoop de doo Who cares if you go to the playoffs and you get a win and you get eliminated in the divisional round? Nobody remembers that. Nobody. Other than people like me who sit there and have been have been talking about how these different Lions teams are fool's gold. And see, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that keeps receipts. I'm the kind mm-hmm. of guy that I remember when people called me crazy for pointing out that the Lions weren't beating anybody good. I remember those moments, and I'm like, okay, okay. And then it mm-hmm. happened. And then, you know, like right now, I don't, like, Lions fans, they, they get all excited. I, I wasn't a big fan of Jameer Gibbs coming out of the draft. Uh, oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> look at the, you'll have your You'll have your chance for a rebuttal next week, Boots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but, you know, you got you got Boots sitting, oh, fucking, oh, my God. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you, and you got, uh, uh, you know, all these people, all these Lions fans. Oh, you know, you thought Jameer Gibbs was a bad pick, and he, he's turned out to be a great pick, and da 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 And then, like, today, I, I said, oh, look at who Jameer Gibbs is taking on. Right now, Jameer Gibbs having a game of his life. And then I go, wait a minute, who's the, who's the last-ranked rush defense in the entire NFL right now? The Denver Broncos. <laughs> Shit, I'd hope Interesting. he'd have the game of his life. You know, like it's it's just one of those things where, where people don't consider who they're facing. You know, and that's mm-hmm. that that win is a win stuff that I I just go, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Never Let's, been a fan of that phrase. Yeah, and, and it's 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 one of those things where I'm like, hold the phone. This Lions team, I, I'm still not sold on them. This game against the Bears sold me even less on them. I, I oh, think yeah. I think this team is gonna be in trouble. Uh, they're going to make the playoffs. They are. They're going to make it. Mm. And there's no doubt in my mind they're going to make the playoffs. I, I think. If, I think everybody. If, if, if if Detroit can hold on to this win right now, as as we're sitting here, if Detroit can hold on to win against the Denver Broncos, which they should, it's it's getting close. And then the rate, and then the Rams and the Seahawks lose tomorrow, they will clinch. You know, so so that yeah, you're right. That's a very distinct possibility at this point. Right. You know. Okay. And that's the thing. I think they clinched the the division. I don't think. I think that's a foregone conclusion. If you look at these other teams out here, the the, the Bears are way out. Uh, the Vikings right now. Uh, Nick Mullins. We learned. You know he can play, but tough game, tough sledding today. We'll talk about that shortly. I mean, just you know, Josh Dobbs ain't the answer over there. We learned Jordan Love isn't who we thought he was. You know, who we thought he was over these last four weeks when he got hot. And I think he's a little streaky now. You know, we. we questions in the nfc north and there's and the thing is the lions are the ones that emerged from the 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 fire there because 
a lot of the teams in the NFC North, believe it or not, a lot of people are like, oh, we we play the same schedule. Not really. Not really. You don't play the same schedule. You don't play the same teams. A lot of your schedule is dictated by where you placed, you know, in, in you know, your your uh, standings from the year prior. Mm-hmm. In the okay, line- that, that's a good that's a good point. So, so you know, yeah, we we play, we were like eight, we were eighth seed in the NFC. We barely missed the playoffs because you know Seattle snuck in the back door. Yeah, but but if you if you look at it, you you were the the number two in your division, right? Lions were number two in the NFC North. And then what did they do? Who do they have to take on? Okay, you go to the NFC East, and they got to go take on the Dallas Cowboys. They didn't have to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. They got to take on the Cowboys. Um, you know the the Vikings when they you know they had to take on a, a fully healthy Chiefs team. Let's just start there. The yep. Vikings had to go take on the Philadelphia Eagles, okay? Because the Eagles placed first in their division, and the Vikings placed first in their division. Uh, the, the the Lions, the the two teams that they had to take on that placed in the same spot as them, Seattle and Baltimore, slapped mm-hmm. around by right and and if yeah. just, Baltimore especially I mean Baltimore just had their way with the Detroit Lions that was that was an atrocious game it, it's just one of those things where where the the uh, the schedule isn't actually completely dictated by by uh, you know uh, uh, oh you all play the same people no 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 it's it's not like that it's not that simple folks um, and and on top of it I think there are different circumstances within the season that show who these teams are taking on. If you look, the Vikings played a fully healthy Chiefs team. The Lions took mm-hmm. on Chiefs team without Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey. You know, if you, if you look over at, at um, you know, the Lions took on uh, the Buccaneers who were ailing. The Vikings took on a, a fresh, healthy Buccaneers team against, uh, and, and they played damn good ball. And they had Shaq, uh, Shaq Barrett out on the field. And they had all these, these great players out on the field. And since then, the Buccaneers have suffered a lot of injuries, particularly to that secondary. I mean, it's and and their offensive line, for that matter. I mean, it's one of those. It's a different situation from week to week to week. And the Lions, believe it or not, have been beneficiaries of that. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I don't think people recognize that a lot of times. I think a lot of people just. And it's funny watching Lions fans interact on social media. Uh, mm-hmm. They just keep they keep saying the record. Oh, nine and four, nine and four. Nine. Yeah, but yeah, who yeah, but who'd you play? Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and, and let, let's not let's not forget about this. You know, the Detroit Lions historically have had the uncanny ability to make even mediocre teams look great at times. You know, we've seen it in like the last several weeks. You know, they made the Bears look really good. They made the Packers look great on Thanksgiving. You know, uh, they've shown flashes of brilliance. I mean, they're, they're playing really well tonight against uh, Denver. But at the same time, you know, so I think that, you know, the, the sobering reality has finally taken hold. It had to, it had to happen during this Lions-Bears game this past Sunday. But it was it was it was it was like taking a shot of cold water to the face. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know, so that, that's that's what seems to be going on here. And Alex, nine four. Nine and four. That's what, well, that's whatever. Like you said, that's what everybody's saying. Nine and four. A win is a win. Come on now, give me a break. Uh, next up, I'm going to move on to the next one. Next up is uh, the Niners go out and beat the Seahawks 28-16. This was sort of expected. As soon as the Seahawks said that they were starting Drew Locke, 
And don't get me wrong, even if Geno Smith was on the field, I'm taking the Niners here. But yep. the Seahawks said they were starting Drew Locke because uh, uh, Geno Smith was down with a groin injury. It was uh, a foregone. Yeah, it, was, it, it, was bad, it was bad news from Jump Street. Yeah, this one was signed. He didn't do too bad. I mean, Drew Locke threw, 20, threw 31 balls, had 22 completions for 269 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. You know, it's not like he was playing bad ball. But at the same time, he's up against the 49ers. Exactly. you got to play flawless against the, the Niners. And this was this was flawed ball. In the meantime, you got Brock Purdy looking like a world beater. Brock! Brock! He's an elite game manager. 19 for uh, 27, 368, two touchdowns and a pick. Christian McCaffrey did some work in this game. 16 mm-hmm. carries, 35 yards. He had a 9.1 average. And as we've been seeing all year long, when he's healthy, Ebo Samuel, seven receptions, mm-hmm. 49 yards and a touchdown. And by the way, the unsung hero of this group, Brandon IU, six yep. receptions, 26 yards too. Ayuk's been good all year. The Niners Absolutely. go out and get done. They advance to 10 and three. The Niners are the team to beat in the NFC right now. I mean, 100%. that's well, one, one of three teams to beat in the NFC. I mean, you also have to take the Eagles and the Cowboys into effect. You know, all three of those teams have 10 wins already. They're 10-3, heading into week 15. So, you know, it's going to be real interesting to see, you know, what's all going on. And I agree to an extent. But but if you look at, if if you go to the playoffs the, the and you look at the playoff situation, the, the number one team to beat, the toughest team to beat, the, the, the guys who are going to kick the ever-living shit out of everybody, it's the 49ers. As long as they're healthy, it's the Niners. I... I this Niners team is something special, and and yep. I'm I'm if I'm anybody, I'm I'm looking at that that Niners team, and I'm crapping my pants right now because that's yep. the team that is going. If you run into them, they're going to beat you up and they're going to lay you out. And thankfully for the Detroit Lions, and in, in your guys's case, they don't run into them unless they get to the NFC title game. You know, that, that's which, just, which was what I predicted in the first place, right? Which we'll see what we'll see what happens. Obviously, yeah, it's and and that's the big thing. It's it's we're gonna see what happens. But the Niners, man, they're they're dominant and they just dominated twenty eight sixteen. Next up, probably the snoozer of the game: the Minnesota <sighs> Vikings go out and take on the uh, L.A. or Las Vegas Raiders. It's yeah. Up. <sighs> uh, listen, when, when I looked, I didn't watch this game. But I yeah. saw the score in my ESPN app, and I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's the fourth quarter, and nobody scored yet? And then it was like four minutes left, no score. Two minutes left, no score. I'm like, what the hell is happening here? And, and, you know, and look, and just look at these numbers. Josh Dobbs, 10 for 23, 63 yards. Nick yeah. Mullins, who came in for Josh Dobbs after he got concussed. 9 for 13, 83 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. And on the other side of the ball, Aiden O'Connell goes 21 for 32, 171, no touchdowns, and a pick. I'm like, how is it possible in today's NFL where the final score is 3 to nothing and it's off the foot of Greg Joseph at the last minute? Yeah, I, I just, I'll point out. How? Yeah, how? How? I have two things. I'll, I'll point this out. First and foremost, Josh Dobbs, Boots was 100% right. Josh Dobbs, um, 10 for 23, 
63 yards. He was not good. The magic has worn off. He's done. Mm -hmm. Nick Mullins is the obviously the better of the two. He showed it in this game when he got on the field for those two drives. He had two drives, put up 83 yards, got the game-winning field goal, got him in range. Great. I think Nick Mullins is probably the guy for the rest of the year. As far as uh, Josh Dobbs go, it's a big see you later. Uh, Alexander Madison shouldn't have been starting for a long time now, and they continue mm. to start him. Alex Madison, eh, okay. 10 carry, 66 yards. Yeah, and it's he had a 6-6 average, and it was he was still technically a good game, but this is a bad Raiders defense. I don't understand why people are touting them that because this game was three to nothing. People are touting the Raiders as this great defense. They're not a good defense. Um, Ty Chandler should be the starter moving forward, and we'll be talking about him in a little bit. You know, Dobbs is is not good, and he probably won't be the quarterback for this team moving forward. Moving over to the Raiders side, Aiden O'Connell. Pretty rough. Pretty mm-hmm. rough for him. Uh, he looked better than either of our quarterbacks over here with the Vikings. Um, but I'm going to talk about this Vikings squad. First of all, by the way, Ivan Pace had the game of his life uh, and, mm-hmm. and the Vikings defense. Yep, seven tackles, six assists, and, and, and the lone pick in the game. Yeah. Um, Alex, I am done with Kevin O'Connell. <laughs> right. Uh, should we just should we just uh, discuss it? Yeah. Or, uh, no. or, or, or let me. Or was there anything in this game that needs to be discussed? We'll, we'll, Let's. We'll, I'll let you take the lead on it. We'll go through both here. Uh, so, uh, I'm done with Kevin O'Connell. I'm, I'm done with uh, the Vikings. They, uh, three to nothing in, against the Raiders. Brian Flores is doing everything he can to keep his defense. Uh, you know, just dominating opponents he's keeping teams off the scoreboard in a lot of ways and kevin o'connell is creating situations where uh you know kevin o'connell is creating situations where the defense just cannot stop opponents every single time it's it's so reliant on the defense doing everything perfectly. And in the meantime, Kevin O'Connell's offense is sputtering and Kevin O'Connell is making bad decisions in, yep. in not cutting time at the end of football games that yep. don't make sense to me. Uh, you know, and, and today's game, the Vikings did take on the Bengals Saturday Saturday afternoon football and three Saturday games for whatever reason. And the Vikings lost to the Bengals today. 27-24. And I got to tell you... Had, had a front row seat to the whole thing. Yeah, and I got to tell you, I don't understand Kevin O'Connell's mindset. I just don't. Why are we getting so fancy with silly things? Uh, Why are you having Justin Jefferson attempt a pass that, that went this? nowhere? How about this? Why are you having your team they kick a field goal you go up three nothing, and then you're in field goal range, and it's time to to put this game away. And what do you do? You got what what 13 seconds left on the clock, and instead of just kicking the goddamn field goal and going up by six points and making the other team have to score a touchdown to win with with you know seconds on the clock, you do this 
silly fake field goal turned into a punt where you're trying to cough and corner them, and then with you're trying to punt the ball with Greg Joseph. It was so silly. You're in field goal range. Take the fucking points. Yep. The points. I don't <laughs> understand. And then today, the Vikings are, are sitting there. You know, it's overtime. They go to overtime against the Bengals. And and we'll, we'll talk about the stats next week. But the Vikings go into overtime against the Bengals today. And and, and Nick Mullins is... is uh, the, they get to third down. It's third and inches. Nick Mullins goes for a sneak and he gets stopped. And then you get down to fourth down. It's fourth and inches. And instead of handing the ball off to Ty Chandler, who was magnificent today. He was a and, bowling ball. Yeah, he was great in the trenches today. He looked so good. And instead of just handing the ball off to him on a long handoff and letting him just pound into the line, you try the sneak again. And the worst part about it is... You decided to try and have Brandon Powell, the smallest goddamn receiver on the roster, trying to push him over the line. Yeah, and, and Nick Mullins went sideways. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and besides, you were just outside of field goal range. Why don't you just have Greg Joseph try to kick the game winner? Yeah. You know, he give, give, give him a shot at least. The, the outcome would have been the same if he would have missed the field goal anyway. Right. None of it made sense. None of it. And I'm so tired of these silly, and we talked about it a few weeks ago. I, I mapped out all of the, the 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 different weird calls at the end of games from Kevin O'Connell that have either costed the Vikings a game or, or uh, uh, nearly costed the Vikings a game. And it was just none of it made sense. None of it. The man is conservative when we need to be aggressive. He's aggressive when we need to be conservative. He, he goes out and, and it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? I don't mm. understand. I don't. I, I can't understand it. I can't. Like, it just, it's mind-boggling. And and I think Kevin O'Connell, for whatever reason, has just kind of gone off the deep end and lost his mind. And, and frankly, I'm, I'm ready for Brian Flores to take over this football team because Brian Flores is far more intelligent and knowledgeable about this game than Kevin O'Connell is. And a lot of people are trying to make the excuses for Kevin O'Connell. Oh, well, he's got a backup quarterback. Oh, well, there's injuries on offense. Oh, this and that. You know what? I'm sorry. This guy's supposed to be an offensive head coach. Mm-hmm. The only thing offensive about him is the way he's calling the end of games. It's offensive to me. Yep. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah, again, we keep saying it on the show, when it comes to nut-cutting time, the decisions have, for for lack, for better or for worse, you know, have always been for worse. Yeah, and, and uh, I think Kevin O'Connell, you know, as an offensive mind, normally is just tremendous, but... He seems to have lost his way in some way, shape, or form, and I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. It's just silly. But at the end of the day, uh, the Vikings win this one three nothing. Now they're seven and seven after today. Uh, we'll be we'll be dealing with some bullshit, you know, <laughs> moving forward. But the, the Vikings uh, struggling. Uh, next up, Broncos go out and beat the Chargers twenty four to seven. Dominant performance. Uh, Easton Stick comes onto the field after Justin Herbert breaks his finger. Uh, 
just a, a rough time. I think the Chargers are basically cooked uh, after this game. They're uh, well, they're five and eight now. I mean, Chargers did play on Thursday. We'll be talking about that in a second. Oh, shit, mm-hmm. to be uh, Chargers. You know, here we are. This is Char- if, if, if to, to coin a boots phrase, Chargers gonna charger. Yeah, Chargers gonna charger, and and here we are. I, bro. <laughs> This is a- Austin Eckler gets t- has 10 carries for 51 yards. Meh. <laughs> uh, Keenan Allen has six catches for 68 yards. Eh. Quentin Johnson's your leading receiver with three catches and 91 yards. Eh. Yeah, I, I just, I'm not sold on this, uh, this Chargers team right now and this coaching regime. Uh, the Chargers just look like, like uh, a mess, and they look like even more of a mess. We'll talk about yep. it. Chargers go into Thursday night football. And uh, they got killed. It was uh, the Raiders went <laughs> sixty-three to twenty-one. That, uh, that that was like one of the, the most surprising things I've ever seen. But, but you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I you know they they put Easton Stick out there, and everybody thought, oh well, Easton Stick's a good player. <laughs> Easton Stick is garbage. Even Boots messaged me and said, I like Easton Stick's game. I was like, I don't. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, to, to be fair, he went 23 for 32 in that game, 257, three touchdowns and a pick, you know, and, and Josh Palmer was his main target. Four catches, 113 yards and a touchdown. Look, they didn't put points on the board until the third quarter when they were down Which, 42 to nothing. Right. There, there you go. That's that's the sticking point, kids. You know, like, like let's just make that clear. The Raiders yep. dominated them throughout the whole first half. And then mm-hmm. even then... Like, like the Raiders took their foot off the gas because they were up 42 to nothing. I mean, like, that's that's what it comes yeah, down to. Yeah, when you're up six touchdowns, you, you can you can relax a little bit. Yeah, and, and the Raiders dominated them there. And, and we'll talk about what happened in Charger land <clears throat> after this game and the aftermath of it. But, uh, yeah, the Chargers are a disaster right now. As for the Broncos, right now getting the, their asses kicked by the Lions. But after this game and after these situations, seven and six, they're firmly looking at being in the hunt for the playoffs right now. Uh, this this uh, beating by the Lions today, not helping them. The Lions did beat them 42 to 17. Uh, you know, just Broncos are are hit or miss some weeks. I think at this yep, point they seem to, they seem to be an enigma. I mean, I still I still attest to the fact that Sean Payton has done something positive to yeah. take this one and five team. And have them win five of their last six, and get and get them past five hundred. Yeah, that is that is hard to do in the NFL yeah, for I any think, team. I think Sean Payton is is um, an asshole, but he's been doing yep. something. Uh, I don't. I'm not a. I'm not a Sean Payton fan, but he's been doing something positive uh, for that team. So hey, you know, good for him. Um, but he did get slapped around by the Lions today. So uh, now sitting at at seven and seven in this uh, in this. Uh, playoff race so we'll see how it goes for him uh moving forward uh next up bills and chiefs the bills beat the chiefs 20 to 17 controversial call look Mm -hmm. we've talked about this numerous times on this show Uh, great teams don't put the game in the referee's hands the chiefs in this game put it in the referee's hands but not only that uh canarius tony look i i get the chiefs bitching because a lot of times receivers will go to the referees and say, hey, am I lined up offsides or whatever the case. How about just don't line up offsides? Yeah. How about that? 
Yeah, the, you know, Kadarius Tony has been notorious this entire year for pulling off ridiculous stunts that have cost the Chiefs games. Yep. He was the key component in the Lions' victory in Week One. Yep. He was the key component. He was going to be the key component for their victory had he not lined up offsides. Yep. So you know, once again, Kadarius Tony revealing himself to be the bum that he is. Yep. You know, so Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid should have been yelling at the refs. They they got fined for that. More on that in a second. Yeah. But, you know, maybe they should have pulled Kadarius Tony aside and said, hey, knock it off. Yeah, they're, they're, saying, they're saying things like, oh, you know, you know, they, they didn't even warn them or whatever the case may be. How about just you're a professional football team? Don't line up offside. You know, it's just me. And, you're and getting paid millions of dollars to catch a football. Right. Follow the rules. Yeah, and and uh, the Bills go out and they they pull one out on, on the Chiefs and they they get the W here and straight up, I'm gonna tell you, this Joe Brady system has completely neutered Stephon Diggs. Oh neutered. He, he four receptions, 24 yards. For yeah, that's that's pathetic. This is the third week in a row, or third out of three out of four weeks, where Stefan Diggs hasn't broken 100 yards. It's been a disaster. Stefan Diggs has had the wheels come off ever since. Um, you know, it's. <laughs> What's yeah. the over under he's going to request? A, he's going to demand a trade or demand to be cut after this it's, year? It's coming. It's coming. I. I the diva's going to come. The diva's going to come out of the closet. Yeah, man. He, he doesn't want to not be getting the football and not be involved in this offense. He's been reduced to work less than Gabe Davis. That's what and that's saying something. You know, look, look at the guy. James Cook is your leading receiver, five yard, five catches for eighty-three yards, and he also is your leading rusher, 10, 10 carries for fifty-eight yards. I mean, good on him. But what does that say about the rest of your team? Look, look, the Chiefs are are a, a, a good football team. Okay, they, they, they and are. their defense is their defense is good. But Stephon Diggs has been underutilized in in key games where where he should be like a focal point, mm-hmm. and, and it's been recent that that's been going on ever really ever since Joe Brady took over. I mean, mm-hmm. if you the, the Eagles game, uh, uh, Gabe Davis was your leading receiver, and if you look, Stephon Diggs six receptions, seventy four yards, and a touchdown. He got used in that game, which was pretty freaking nice. I mean, but <laughs> the Jets. Against the Jets, I, I mean, let's see what he what he had there. Four receptions, twenty-seven yards. You know, <laughs> it, it just—it doesn't it, make sense. Yeah, I would I would be using Steph Diggs all the time, and and they're just not they're not using him to his fullest potential. You know, here we are, Steph Diggs, nine for seventy against against a bad Buccaneers defense. There's no reason why Steph Diggs shouldn't have had hundred and twenty yards. Like I right. it just that offense has neutered Stefan Diggs. It really has. He he's been having a rough go under that Joe Brady offense. Uh, it's not good for him, and it's not good for the Bills to to you know not be utilizing him. And uh, the Bills are now seven and six. Chiefs are eight and five. You know, both these teams firmly in the playoffs. Both the, both these teams definitely going to take their divisions, but it's it's an interesting situation to say the least over there in Buffalo. I really do Steph Diggs. I think Steph Diggs is going to request a trade, you know, moving into mm-hmm. uh, next year. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens in the offseason. Uh, next up, Cowboys go out and beat the hell out of the Eagles 33-13. Hey, you know what? Dak Prescott, this is what we expected. This is what I yep. expected. 
I expected the Cowboys to go out there and beat on the Eagles, and they did just that. Uh, Jalen mm-hmm. 18 for 27, 197. They contained DeAndre Swift. They contained Jalen Hurts. Uh, the Eagles have lost two straight against two of the best defenses in the NFL. The Cowboys and the Eagles have figured out the formula of Jalen Hurts in this Nick Sirianni system. It's been figured out, and the Cowboys... The, the, Cowboy, the Eagles are the 49ers. I'm sorry, the 49ers and the Cowboys have figured out the Eagles. uh, uh, And that's to be expected because, again, the Cowboys and 49ers are two of the best teams in the NFL right now. In the NFC, for sure. Right. The Niners Niners and the Cowboys have figured out the Eagles. They figured out. They figured out how to stop Jalen Hurts. They figured out how to contain him. I I think once the Niners did it, the Cowboys kind of took a step back and said, Oh, that's how we do it. That's what we're going to (laughs) do. And they contained him. And they stuffed him. Uh, it, it made a lot of sense. Jalen Hurts, man, look at those numbers. Only five carries for 30 yards in this game. That's yeah. how you beat the Eagles. That's mm-hmm. how Stop, don't, don't let that mobile quarterback run. Yep, and and that's what they did. They forced him to throw the ball, and look at this, 18 for 27, 197. You know who he that didn't break 200 yards, and he didn't get a single touchdown. Yeah. Well, well look, just look at those numbers, though. 18 for 27, 197. Am I looking at the numbers for Jalen Hurts, or am I looking for the numbers for Gardner Minshew? <laughs> yeah, you tell me. You put those numbers up, it's like, oh, uh, well, that was easy. Uh, uh, Josh Dobbs going to put those numbers up. Oh, no, that was Jalen Hurts. Right. What? I mean, Nick Mullins put those types of numbers up today. I, I mean, it's just, I, I'm saying, I, Jalen. Then you have to figure, okay, well, who do you play? Oh, he played the Dallas Cowboys, the best defense in the NFL right now. But the, I think Jalen Hurts has been figured out. I think yep. the formula has been figured out. They figured mm-hmm. out how to beat him. And and it's yep. it's showing. Uh, the Eagles started off hot. They're having a meltdown the size of uh, the Arizona Cardinals, you know, here from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh yeah, you could I mean, see them fall out of the. You, you'd see them fall from number one to yep. number five. Yeah, they're, they're dropping. That's how bad this is, because it, the, the the NFC East is very hotly contested right now. Yeah, it's it's getting ugly. And if you look over at the Cowboys and the, the things that Dak Prescott's been doing and and spreading the ball around, Jake Ferguson's getting a lot of catches. This one, he had five receptions for seventy-two yards. C.D. Lamb six receptions for seventy-one yards. Uh, Michael Gallup had three for forty-eight. Lamb and Gallup both had touchdowns. Brandon Cooks on certain games has been getting big numbers out of nowhere. So, I mean, like, get ready. Get ready, man. This Dallas Cowboys team is coming for that division, and and that division has weirdly always had, like, a different division winner almost every year. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Tyler's probably for a while. I don't know if that trend is still happening, but they've had different – you know, uh, champions or divisional uh, divisional winners every time. So we'll find out. Um, we'll find out what goes on uh, with this division. But get ready for it. The Cowboys have uh, some tough showdowns uh, down the stretch, as do the Eagles. So uh, I, I'm going to see what the Cowboys are going to do tomorrow. The Cowboys do take on the Buffalo Bills uh, coming from John. And then the Cowboys the following week, Miami Dolphins. You know, so, I mean, and then they take on the Detroit Lions in week 17. And then the Cowboys get a nice, easy breather against the Commanders in week 18. So, I mean, three tough games in a row here coming up. I want to see how the, the Cowboys respond and how they, they deal with it moving forward. Uh, but the mm-hmm. Cowboys, W here, 33-13, I think they're, them and the 49ers are the teams to beat right now. But I think it's mm-hmm. more 
49ers than anybody. Uh, mm-hmm. Next up, Packers drop one to the Giants? Huh? To Tommy DeVito? To yeah, Tommy Cutlets? Yeah, Tommy living living at home in his mom's basement. Tommy DeVito. He winds, <laughs> he winds up... Uh, he, and, and it's funny. I don't know if you ever saw the interview. He was actually living in, in his mom's basement. But anyway. Oh, my gosh. Tommy DeVito uh, leads the Giants to a victory. 24-22 last-minute field goal for the walk-off. Um, what a game. It was interesting. But this is the Jordan Love that we saw early on in the season. The meltdown-esque Jordan Love. Uh, this is what he did in a couple of games. Melted down at the end. He did it against Atlanta. And here we are. Melting yeah, down. We, 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 he is who we thought he was. He got hot. He's a little streaky. He got hot for four games, and since then, not so much. Um, you know, six and seven now for the Packers. I think they're about cooked here. And they got about mm-hmm. four to come back here at six and seven. They got to win out to just be ten and seven. So right. I think about that. Uh, but yeah, yeah and, they, if you, and if you take a look at their schedule. You know, they got the Buccaneers tomorrow. They have so the Panthers. So th- that's that. Then they have two division games right in a row, Vikings and Bears. And honestly, you know, the, the Buccaneers game tomorrow is going to be their their magnum opus. The, yeah. it'll, it'll, it'll set the tone for the rest of the season. Yeah, if they, they lose against the Bucks, then you know who knows what they're going to do against the. Against, well, they're going to win against the Panthers. Let's. The Panthers are basically in tank mode, and the bad and the bad part about that is they're going to give the number one pick to the Bears. More on that later. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's just. <laughs> but having having this catastrophe happen, you know, <laughs> you know, um, just just a very quick sidebar. Uh, Mike Valeni, a a. Um, radio host in Detroit that, you know, is well, very well-known, is also a well-known Giants fan. And uh, the, the New York football Giants were sitting at the number three draft pick, and with this victory, they're kind of drafting number nine now. Yep. So you're basically putting your future on D. Jones, who has a broken neck, and Tommy Cutlets DeVito, who is a, basically a caricature of the Italian stereotype. And, you know... <laughs> what you would think that a, a last-second victory over the Green Bay Packers would be something to celebrate, but you know that organization needs to tank and get their next quarterback because this is a pretty deep quarterback class. They're going to go. They're going to get snapped up pretty quickly. There, there are. This is if there's a time to get a quarterback, this is the draft. And and mm-hmm. as the Giants go. I don't understand the logic of uh, look. I, I get where Valenti's frustrated. On, on one end, I, I get it, but then on the other end, I'm going. You know what? As far as time, you got to think about what Tommy DeVito's mindset is here. Tommy DeVito isn't worried about about uh, the Giants' draft picks per se. Tommy DeVito wants to say wants everybody to look and say, "Hey, that guy's worth being the starting quarterback of the New York Giants full time," <laughs> and so he's going to play his heart out. Well, of course. Why? Why wouldn't you? You're in prime position to do so. Tyrod Taylor's injured. Daniel Jones is injured. You know, it's like you basically got handed a situation on a silver platter. Make the most of it. Yeah, and he's he's gonna go out there and play his heart out, and he's gonna make him want to uh, 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 pay him. You know, that's what he wants. He's, I'm gonna make these guys pay me, and he's gonna go out there and he's gonna do his thing. And you know, hey, good for him. Uh, you know, I get the Giants fans are kind of pissed off because they're pissing away draft position and no team in the NFL tanks, even though it's like wishful thinking for some folks. 
no team in the NFL tanks, even though, like, even I was like, hey, you know, Vikings bench everybody, tank for Caleb, you know, whatever. Uh, we all understand. We It's what we want versus what's the reality. And the reality is ain't nobody going to tank. But right. Tommy DeVito, unless you're the Miami Dolphins for a few years ago. But in any case, the, uh, um, the Giants go out and uh, get the W against the Packers. And last but not least, uh, the Titans surprise everybody. Get the W against the Dolphins. Uh, Will Levis. Yeah, and- I, my eyes popped out of my head when I heard when I saw this score. I'm like, what? Yeah, the the Dolphins dominated. The- oh. Yeah, the Dolphins dominated, and and the, the Will Levis led Titans fought back late in the game. Will Levis gets his team down the field. They get a touchdown. Derrick Henry had a very horrible running game, but he got in the end zone twice. Uh, and another guy that got in the end zone twice is a guy that's been consistently on our uh, rankings is Raheem Mostert, 21 carries, 96 yards, two touchdowns for the Dolphins. Tua Tungabailoa goes 23 for 33, 240. I will say that this Dolphins offense struggled. Tyreek Hill gets hurt in this game, gets an ankle yep. injury. And, and, but when Tyreek Hill got hurt, this offense struggled. Tyreek Hill is huge. For break, for, for kind of spreading out the field and opening things up, mm-hmm. and yeah, Tyree Kill, man, golly, he, he is the heart and soul of that offense. Yeah, you know, he and Tua are like you know peas in a pod. I mean, you got Jalen Jalen Waddle, but you know, you need both of them. You need that one-two punch. You got to have both, and and I'm with you there. I I just I couldn't believe that that um, Tyree Kill actually returned to the field, but you could tell he had lost a step uh, with. Mm-hmm. Injury. In any case, the Titans fight back. They get the W here. Good for them. DeAndre Hopkins shows up, seven receptions, 124, and a touchdown. Uh, he's been showing up sporadically through different games, you know, with big numbers. This is one of them. So the Titans get the W here, 28-27. And um, week 15 is is started right now. We already talked about the Raiders blowing out the Chargers. Um, the the Vikings beat the Bengals or lost to the Bengals 27-24. The Colts do beat the Steelers 30-13. The Lions beat the Broncos 42-17. We'll talk about the rest of those games uh, next week. But um, while we're on the topic of Chargers getting blown out by the Raiders, <laughs> and oh man, uh, we, we will mention, I'm going to jump into our news and notes real quick. Uh the Chargers have all kinds of problems. First and foremost, uh, Chargers go out and fire uh, head coach Brandon Staley, GM Tom Telesco after the blowout loss to the Raiders. You know, I called Brandon Staley getting fired at the beginning of the season. I said, yep. he's done. Here we are. Brandon Staley finally gets fired. Tom Took Tulesco. us a little bit longer than we anticipated, but he's finally gone. I was surprised it didn't happen after the beginning part of the season. The first, the first quarter of the season we saw all those problems taking place uh, for the Chargers. I expected it to happen a lot faster. It didn't, but hey, it is what it is. But now Brandon Staley's gone. Tom Telesco out the door, and uh, away you go. The, the Chargers are going to be looking for themselves themselves a new head coach and a new uh, GM pretty soon here. And then also the Chargers have all kinds of problems as far as their quarterback goes. Justin Herbert is set to miss the rest of the season with a broken finger. Uh, yeah, he's he's done for the year. So Justin Herbert gone for the year, and that leaves Easton Stick to <laughs> throw exactly to throw the ball for the the Chargers. What a shit show that turned mm. out to be. Um, 
just yeah. At, at this point, it's just it's it's a dumpster. It's a dumpster fire. Yeah, you know, and really, uh, and Chargers fans at least can celebrate the fact that they lost. That they finally that that the organization finally took action against their head coach and GM. You know that change is coming. You know, so that there's some hope for the future. I mean, unfortunately, you know the fact that the that the Chargers are at five and nine, which I mean they're they're near the bottom of the AFC. Yeah. In fact, they're the second worst team in the AFC, uh, and in fact, uh, fifth, no, fifth from last in the entire league. Mm-hmm. So they could be looking at a pretty high draft pick, and yeah. with that high draft pick, you think you know. Do you think Bo Nix falls far enough for the Chargers to scoop him up? They're not going to go after a guy like Bo Nix because Justin Herbert is uh, is there, you know. And that makes sense. You just got done paying him that huge money contract. Uh, yeah, so they don't need a quarterback, obviously. But yeah, they're, they're going to be looking at different things to help protect Justin Herbert because he has been running all over the place. But they're mm-hmm. also going to be looking at at I think some running back situations because Austin Eckler, even though they've got him signed right now. Austin Eckler is kind of on borrowed time with them. They're going to be looking for a new bell cow back, I think, over there. They're going to be looking at tight ends. They're going to be looking at defense, 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 because that Chargers defense has been horrible. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know how you can be a head coach in the NFL after being a defensive coordinator and have your defense be so bad. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. <laughs> It just doesn't make sense. So Brandon Staley, everybody talks about Brandon Staley being a defensive guy, quote unquote, but his defenses have been terrible since he mm-hmm. got, they've been bad. So I, <laughs> I don't know. Kind of reminds you of Matt Patricia, except, you know, Brandon Staley, Brandon Staley is Matt Patricia with a Peloton. Yeah, basically. And, and basically Matt, Matt Patricia, his, his mentor, Bill Belichick is actually on the hot seat reportedly. Um, a lot of a lot of people are saying there was a report that came out earlier this week that that uh, Robert Kraft that the decision has been made that after this season that Bill Belichick's going to be gone. How true that is, who knows? But mm-hmm. whoever that source is says that Bill Belichick's going to be gone after this year. You know the the Patriots have been eliminated from playoff contention. When they asked about uh, whether or not he's on the hot seat, Bill Belichick just deflects the question and says, "I'm just getting ready for the next game." Uh, and this week it was, I'm just getting ready for Kansas city. I, you know, I think Billy Belly's done and I think he's about yep. to go home after this year. And, uh, you yep. just, he, it's just, it's time for him to ride off into the sunset. He's got his six super bowls, yep. you know, thanks to Tom Brady, you know, he, he is, you know, he will still be one of the most celebrated head coaches in NFL history, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you can only ride the horse for so long. And that's where I think we're at. I think I think Bill Belichick is is uh, um, he's done. I think he's done for. He's going to ride off into the sunset, like you said, and that's about it. And they're going to start looking for for a new quarterback because they I think they're realizing Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi ain't it. And uh, one guy they're going to be looking at University of North Carolina quarterback Drake May, who just declared for the NFL draft this week. Uh, yeah, yeah, Drake May coming in. Look, I'm not completely sold on Drake May. I'm really not. He's probably my least favorite of the bunch, to be frank. Mm. But I, uh, yeah. Well, they are, they, well at, as it stands right now, the Patriots do stand to have the number two pick in the draft. Yeah. You know, and so if they keep losing, you know, they'll probably hold on to that. 
yeah, Drake May could very well be, um, you know, in the discussion, you know, as far as that mm-hmm. goes. But eh, I, I'm not sold on Drake May. I don't like him as, as much as other prospects, but Drake May will be in the discussion there as far as, you know, them getting a quarterback. And obviously there's some whoever they get is going to replace Mac Jones. So, uh, yeah, get ready for that. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks getting replaced, uh, for now, the quarterback getting replaced for the Houston Texans is C.J. Stroud. He's out uh, versus the Titans on Sunday due to a concussion. Davis Mills usually would be set to get the start, but it's not going to be Davis Mills. Hmm. It's going to be Case Keenum getting the I start. I can't believe it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Case. I mean, I, I I vaguely remember that that Case Keenum's name was brought up on TV earlier today, and I totally forgot. Yeah. But I'm like, wow, because I remember like right around trade time, you were thinking, okay, K, you know, Kirk Cousins is done for the year. Case Keenum's on the block. Let's go get him. Yeah. You know, now and now Case Keenum is going to have an opportunity to maybe see if he has a little bit of that Minneapolis magic and bring it to Houston. Yeah, I, exactly. I you know we'll see. You know, it's it's not it's not a bad situation. And what better game to, to test that theory out than against the maligned Tennessee Titans? Yeah, exactly. It's it's a, a good game to to get everything going. Um, you know, we'll see what Keenum's got. We'll see if he's he's still. Uh, we'll see if he can regain that 2017 form. Yeah, we'll see. But <laughs> right, Case Keenum. Winding up getting the start for the the Houston Texans. Uh, also, we already we already said earlier. We'll say it again. The Browns have announced quarterback Joe Flacco will remain the starter for the rest of the season. Um, yep. Hey, good call there. It, it's but it's been a very it's a very surprising situation, but a very pleasant one too. You yep. know, if any if anybody's going to carry this team to the playoffs, it's somebody like Joe Flacco, veteran quarterback, Super Bowl quarterback. You know, veteran presence for you know some of the rookies that are on the bench. You know, and you know he knows how, he knows how to pass the ball around. So you know, Cleveland, your your future is not quite doomed yet. You do have a bit of an uphill battle to climb. You know, Baltimore still got a good two and a half game lead on you. Uh, and if and you know you're sitting at the number five seed, you're you're almost in. Cincinnati's nipping at your heels. So, you know, just, you know, if anybody's going to take it to the promised land, it's Joe Flacco. Yeah, I, I think people are, are underestimating the talents of Joe Flacco. Uh, he's got a good matchup coming up for t- uh, this week. He's taking on the Bears this week. So uh, that'll be a fun one. We'll see if that Bears defense continues to uh, be strong the way it has been the last couple of weeks. Uh, also, another quarterback that's listed as questionable this week is Geno Smith for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, he's listed as questionable versus the Eagles uh, for Monday night football due to a groin injury. Uh, look, Geno Smith has been decent this year, but the injuries are killing him. The Seahawks are, they, you know, they started out hot and now they're, they're sort of not. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get anywhere with Drew Locke. You're definitely not getting to the playoffs here as much as we want. And, you're, and you're, you're staring down the barrel of the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. Exactly. With Drew Locke possibly coming in. I, I mean, you, you yeah, got it's it's not good news. Yeah, it's 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 get a W time or or you know you're you're in deep shit. I think they're already in deep shit. They've been losing some tough games. They lost both to the to the Rams, and here we are. You know, so the uh, mm-hmm. the Seahawks they're going to be dealing with it. Uh, the Lions are also going to be looking for a backup quarterback. Uh, quarterback Teddy Bridgewater is set to retire after this year. Uh, you know, very surprising. 
Yeah, surprising. Which, but, I mean, well, surprising and not, you know. I think Teddy Teddy was a, a good backup uh, when he. Everybody expected huge things in Minnesota when he when he was set to get the start, and then he blew out his knee, and that was kind of that. And he's been a journeyman backup ever since. I don't blame him for wanting him to for wanting to get the hell out of here and, and just be done. Uh, Bridgewater will always be known as a, a a journeyman backup that that just. Didn't quite get an opportunity. Yeah, he never got the, a true opportunity. He got one in Carolina, but they were horrible. You know, at that right. point. I mean, it just kind of is what it is. But, hey, Teddy Bridgewater, enjoy your retirement. You know, uh, uh, a storied career, I guess, in a way. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's going to be hard to find that story. Yeah, but. exactly. Uh, next for the Packers, uh, running back A.J. Dillon has a broken thumb. He's uh, listed as questionable for the game this week versus the Bucks, but Aaron Jones has been deemed good to go after uh, having a knee injury. Uh, he was listed as questionable all week. He is listed as now good to go. So Aaron Jones, if you if you got That's him, active. yep, start him if you got him. Uh, <laughs> might <step>. as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tyreek Hill questionable versus the Jets this upcoming week due to the ankle injury he suffered last week. Uh, you know. You know, if I if I was if I was the uh, Dolphins brass, I would sit Tyreek out for this match, for this you know? match, for this uh, for this game, because I mean, it, now granted the Jets defense is potent, and right. but at the same time, you know the Dolphins are sitting pretty as pretty high in the AFC standings, as it stands, you know they're the number two seed, and right now they're poised to win the NFC the AFC East. So now, granted, this is against a division opponent. I would still sit Tyreek down. Why? Because if you're going to make a deep playoff run, if you're going to if you're going to be highly seated, you're going to need your guys at a hundred percent. And if Tyreek Hill is not at a hundred percent, he's not going to give you what you need when it comes to nut cutting time. So sit him out. You know, <laughs> don't have his wife text him in the middle of the game. You better get your butt back out there. I mean, listen. <laughs> Let's think about the future. Right. You know, I heard that story. I'm like, huh? Yeah. Apparently, he tried to get back out there after his wife texted him. I'm like, listen, back on that field, boy. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, listen. You, you have to understand here that you know you, you sit him out. You know, perhaps he misses a game or two, but you still make it to the playoffs, and then you have a shot at making a deep run. So, sit down, heal up. Yep, and and that's he wants to play though. He wants to hit that two thousand yards that he he said he wanted to get. So we'll see if well, Tyreek. I mean, there you go. I hope he does for my fantasy. I hope he does. <laughs> but we'll right. see. Um, next up, Cardinals. They release tight end Zach Ertz. Ertz is currently in talks with six different teams already. Yeah, that this is that, when I heard this news earlier. But when we, we 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 talked about this offline right before we went on, and I'm like, wow, that's odd. You know, he, you know, he, he's, he's been a very successful tight end with the Eagles. He's been a very successful tight end with the Cardinals and now he's a free agent right before the playoffs. So, you know, yeah. Why wouldn't you pick him up? Right. You know, especially if you want to make a, you know, if you want to beef up the tight end position, you know, uh, especially if you're a team that doesn't have a good tight end, you know, and, and you and you need some help in that, with that position, why yeah. not get somebody like Zach Ertz? Why not? The thing about Zach Ertz is he came in Arizona and he caught on so quickly to that Arizona system to the point where he was a playmaker for the whole end of the season for them. Uh, Zach Ertz is a good tight end and he can learn quickly. 
You got to get him. Perhaps he might go back to Philly. <laughs> you know, I don't know that he'll go back to Philly because Dallas Goddard is kind of the guy over there now. Um, mm. There's a lot of questions, and, and he is kind of disgruntled with Philly as it was. But there's going to uh. be teams that are going to be chit-chatting with him about, hey, why don't you come play for us? And and it's going to get crazy. A guy mm-hmm. like that is, is invaluable. So, I mean, it, you, you got to get him. You got to get him back, you know, back to your team. And last but not least, uh, the NFL has announced that the expected salary cap is to exceed $240 million for Get ready for big contracts. Get ready for, for more players getting signed. Get ready for, for uh, teams to have that wiggle room to go and get mm-hmm. the guys they want. Get ready for it. And and some of these extensions that are on the way, you know, Justin Jefferson's extension is con- around the corner for the Vikings here. Get ready for that happen sooner rather than later now that the Vikings have wiggle room in the cap. Um, but this yeah, is $240 million per team, right? $240 million per team. Yeah. So, yeah, you definitely have some wiggle room, too. What What's the over-under that we're going to see our uh, see, uh, a, 65, a $60 million a year quarterback? I expect it sooner rather than later, but I'm not sure who it's going to be because a lot of the new young quarterbacks that are good have been signed. I think Stroud could be headed that route when the time comes if he keeps playing the way he's playing. Right. I mean, I wouldn't see that until well after his rookie deal was over with. Right. I mean, he's still got, what, three years left? Well, he's got a five-year, five years technically, but, you know, he's uh, he's eligible to get an extension after year three. So uh-huh. he'll, he'll get the extension after year three, and they can negotiate that and get it situated. But you're going to see a $60 million quarterback pop up sooner rather than mm-hmm. later. So that, <laughs> and then have people jockeying to be 61, 62, yeah. 63. Because <laughs> we saw it with Lamar Jackson. We saw it with Patrick Mahomes. We saw it with Joe Burrow. You know, <laughs> this year has been absolutely crazy. It's changed the quarterback market. You know, uh, so expect some more markets to be uh, changed as a result of this. Yeah, I expect it. So, and th- that's our news and notes around the league. Um, moving into our, our, uh, weekly top 10, our top 10 players for the week. Let's talk about them real quick. Uh, number 10 is Jaquan Brisker, 17 tackles, one forced fumble, had a hell of a game for the bears there. Number nine goes to Raheem Mostert, 21 carries, 96 yards, two touchdowns on the day. Uh, number eight, we talked about him a little bit earlier. Ivan Pace, uh, for the Vikings, 13 tackles, one sack and a game ceiling interception in this one. Uh, number seven goes to Christian McCaffrey, 16 carries for 145 yards. Number six goes to Rashad White. We were ho- waiting for this guy to finally emerge, and he has. 16, or I'm sorry, 25 carries, 102 yards. He also had two receptions for 33 yards and a touchdown. He had over 135 yards from scrimmage. So how do you like that? Uh, number five goes to Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel. Have seven receptions, 149 yards, and a touchdown. Debo's been special for the last several weeks. Several weeks since returning from injury, he's on point and he's tearing it up, man. And he's been just killing it, especially for my fantasy team. Thanks, buddy. Uh, number four, Joe Flacco, man, 26 for 45, 301 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Joe Flacco, man, uh, 
we talked about it a little bit. Yeah, again, what year is it? Exactly. He's it's, like, it's like the like the fifty the thirty fifth release of Skyrim came out, and now Joe Flacco is the starting quarterback in the NFL again. Yep, GTA six, baby. Here it comes. Uh, <laughs> right. right. Number three goes to Drake London, ten receptions, one hundred and seventy two yards. Hey, Arthur Smith finally figured something out. Uh, yeah. Number two goes to Matt Stafford, twenty three for thirty one. 294 yards, three touchdowns, and in a uh, an elbow that definitely needs Tommy John. And number one goes to Lamar Jackson, 24 for 43, 316 yards, three touchdowns on the day. He also threw a pick, but he also had 11 carries for 70 yards on the ground. Lamar, man, over 386 mm-hmm. yards of offense. Jesus yeah, that, Christ, that's crazy. You know, and, and it's 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 refreshing to see that he's finally coming into his own as a, as a quarterback, an actual throwing quarterback. Because you know exactly. the biggest the biggest thing again that we've talked about him is you know he runs too much. Well, and yep. he was in, and he wasn't accurate. Now he's you know throwing the ball more. He's allowed to run when necessary, and he's dangerous when he's running. So he's yep. quickly becoming, you know, a very key component in that potent Baltimore Ravens offense. Uh, so you know, that's why they're ten and three right now, and why they're sitting very pretty atop the AFC. Right. Um, next up, moving into our rookie rankings. Um, I sent this list to you. I sent this list to Boots. Boots mm-hmm. is angry at me. He's stomping his feet. That. <laughs> Hey, we'll discuss more of it next week, and we'll see how he feels. But here's our our rookie rankings. These guys are are our top ten rookies. We've got a few honorable mentions on the outside looking in. Uh, first of all, Jordan Battle, man. Uh, Jordan Battle, I, I'm taking a victory lap on this one, Alex, because okay. when we got to draft time and we were talking about uh, uh, – top 10 rookies or top five rookies at their positions. And the guys I liked the most Jordan battle was my number one safety. He was number one to me and uh, Jordan battle. I got laughed at for that. Jordan battle is not better than Brian branch. I was told. Mm. Well, Jordan battle is currently sitting at the top 15 for pro football focuses rookies. Uh, for this year and as it stands brian branch is not in the top 15 rookies uh and per pro football focus the calling card for jordan battles game continues to be his ability to stop the run his past week he produced his eighth run stop of the season to go with a tackle for a loss helping push his run defense grade to an 81.9 fourth highest among first year defenders you know uh yeah it, that's I mean Jordan Battle's been special. Uh, he he just got fired up within the last five to six weeks, and he just hasn't slowed down. Same goes with his uh, battle with the Vikings here, and and he played extremely well. Speaking of the Vikings, also in the honorable mentions, a guy that might be coming up the list a little bit, Jordan Addison, mm-hmm. for the Vikings. Uh, he had an, a horrible offensive showing versus the Raiders, but then that can be attributed to bad quarterback play from Josh Dobbs. And bad coaching from KOC. Absolutely. But Jordan Addison today had a great game. So we'll be, yep. we'll be even though Nick, even though Nick Mullins had a, had a throw that I swear to God was going to be, was going to hit the dirt. This yep. kid reached his fingers out, scooped the ball up and ran it into the house. Yep. And then he had a very improbable catch late in the game uh, to tie it up again. Uh, Jordan Addison got two touchdowns that game. Very critical 
touchdowns and catches. The the uh, the man was a, the man was an absolute stud. You know when he when he got picked up in the first round, you know we you know you were super happy, and uh, the results speak for themselves. Yeah, he was my favorite receiver out of the draft. I I stand by the fact that I think he is the best guy to come out of this draft as far as receivers go, and he's shown up in a big way. So Jordan Addison getting it done, but he's still in the honorable mention. And also Jameer Gibbs, this is the one that made Boots the most angry. <laughs> he's still playing second fiddle to David Montgomery, who's better than Gibbs versus the Bears. Um, on top of it, you know, if you look at, at uh, Jameer Gibbs, you know what? He's playing bad defenses, and I'm supposed to sit there and hand him his flowers for, for playing bad defenses. In the meantime, moving into our top 10, Keanu Benton is right on the edge teetering um, for the Steelers, the defensive lineman for the Steelers out of the University of Wisconsin. Uh, look, he's got a 74.9 PFF grade, a 76.2 pass rush grade, a 60.8 run defense grade. He suffered an injury last week that caused him to play only 17 snaps. Alex, what do we talk about on this show? Availability and reliability. Yep, and he is not being available and reliable if he can't play this upcoming week. We're going to see what happens, but it's caused him to drop one spot to from nine to ten. He might fall and off. He might. He might fall off the list. Yep. So we might be seeing that. Uh, number nine goes to Zay Flowers, the wide receiver from the uh, Baltimore Ravens out of Boston College, seventy-four point seven PFF grade. 73 receiving grade, 77.4 rushing grade. He had an extremely solid game in a shootout versus the Rams. He had 60 yards and a touchdown, and he had a small dropping issue, though. He had uh, two drops. He was still very productive. He moves up a spot, uh, but that is him moving up a spot was more or less a product of Keanu Benton only playing 17 snaps. Um, right. If Keanu Benton takes on a full workload, I don't know that I move Zay Flowers up based on the two drops. That's mm -hmm. that. Problem for him. Especially when you consider when those drops were made. You yeah. Know, are those drops being made in nut cutting time? Yeah. Do you really, is it at a point where you need to catch those balls? Or they're at a point where it's like, oh, that ball was perfectly thrown, but it bounced off his face or bounced off the hands. Can't do that. Exactly. And and he had the, the two drops. So Zay Flowers, um, he may, but had he not had those two drops, we might be having a different story about where he is on this list. He might have. Mm -hmm spot um because the next guy on this list sam laporta has been steadily moving down the list you know laporta he pops up and then he moves he steadily drops down the list and he pops up again real high and then he comes back down the list uh, a little streaky 74 pff grade 76.7 receiving grade 56.4 rushing grade he had one of his least productive games of the year and fell off heavily with just two receptions on five targets for 25 yards versus a questionable Chicago team as the Lions were blown out. Yeah, uh, questionable is uh, putting it nicely. Yeah, uh, the, the the Chicago defense has been good the last couple, mm. of years, but yeah, that's that's fair. But the Bears also have given up a lot to tight ends. So I mean, that's <laughs> right. And and what position is Sam Laporta playing? Tight end. What yeah. school did he come from? The tight end factory, Iowa. Yep. So, I mean, so I'm like, what are we doing here? Sam Laporta winds up at, at eight here. Uh, number seven goes to Ivan Pace Jr. Uh, you know, he consistently has been on this list. 80.2 PFF grade, 
56.3 run defense, 80.5 pass rush, 84.7 in coverage. He saw his grades skyrocket this week. He had an incredible defensive performance last week. I can't get over how good it was. 13 tackles, mm. sack, one game ceiling interception. Dude's been on point. I, he's been one of the best, and he's undrafted. Undrafted, mm-hmm. either the Vikings went and got, and and he's turned out to be outstanding. So Ivan Pace Jr. out of the University of Cincinnati, getting it done. Uh, number six goes to Rasheed Rice, the wide receiver from the Kansas City Chiefs out of SMU. Bootleg B team. Yep, bootleg B team, baby. Uh, 84 PFF grade, 83 receiving grade, 60 rushing grade. He continues to emerge as one of Patrick Mahomes' favorite and most reliable targets this past week. He had seven receptions for 72 yards and a touchdown versus Buffalo. And per pro football focus, the Chiefs receiver has averaged eight yards after the catch per reception, the highest mark among qualifying first-year receivers. That ability after the catch has amounted to an impressive 2.3 yard, 2.35 yards per route run and a 125.4 passer rating when targeted. One targeted, both of which ranked second in the class. He's been great. He's been yep. an absolutely great receiver for the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs need to use him more, as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned, to feed him the ball and treat him like a true number one receiver. Yep. Seems like they're starting to, but we'll mm-hmm. see. I know we love Travis Kelsey, and I know they love throwing the ball to Travis Kelsey, but please, for the love of God, treat Rashid Rice like a true number one receiver. Because yep. I think you'll be in great. Hey, Travis Kelsey can't do it alone. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a, he can't he can't do everything. You know, and, and Kadarius Tony's only dragging you down. So you know, put him in there. Yeah, Rasheed Rice. Put him in, Andy. Yeah, he's he's been great. They need to put him in, and and uh, I mean he's he's been out there, but they, they haven't been throwing him the ball a whole lot until this past week, and he made mm. the most of it. So. They need to start looking at Rasheed Rice. His yards after the catch are are phenomenal. Uh, number five goes to Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle for the Eagles. 83.3, or, I'm sorry, 83.8 PFF grade, 59.9 run defense, 84.1 pass rush. You know, he, he was held without a pressure for the first time in his career uh, this last week. Um, he, had a 17, he has a 17.1 pass rush rate, but has struggled mightily for the second week in a row. Uh, his grades plummeted in several spots. His run defense grade fell off a cliff. It was a 70 last week, 59.9 this week. Uh, Jalen Carter has been struggling for two weeks now, and it doesn't get easier from here for the Eagles. Uh, Unfortunately. Yeah, so he's he's got to get got to find his footing here a little mm-hmm. bit. I got to refine it because Jalen Carter's been sitting on near the top of the list. And whether, uh, you know, Boots liked it or not, I was leaving him there because, you know, he was performing. At the end of the day, he was performing at a high level. Mm. And he started kind of mellowing out here near the end of the season. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Jalen Carter. Uh, number four goes to C.J. Stroud, the quarterback for the Houston Texans out of Ohio State. 81.5 PFF grade, 78.2 pass rush grade, 76 running, rushing grade. He had an abysmal game versus a mm-hmm. big, tough Jets defense. That caused his grades to just plummet. Uh, he left the game with a concussion. He won't be playing in week five. So we might see CJ Stroud. Um, but, you know, Stroud's a good player, man. He's been a great he quarterback. Uh, we're going to see what happens. I mean, this week he's he's not going to play. I think he's been ruled out. So mm. this week, 
We'll see what happens, but he's going to drop down this list. So I hope people are prepared for it because you know what? And as far as I'm concerned, I would love to take CJ Stroud and just put him at one because I love CJ Stroud. I think he's a great quarterback, but at the end of the day, if you're not playing, you aren't climbing this list. So Stroud's because availability and reliability. Bingo. Uh, number three goes to a little bit of a surprise, a guy we all love, Will Anderson Jr., the edge rusher for the Houston Texans out of the University of Alabama. He's got an 80.5 PFF grade, 80.1 run defense, 74.1 pass rush, and a 70 coverage grade. He had a decent game versus the Jets in spite of it being a blowout and had a good game versus the run He and, and, um, and the pass. And currently he has 14 QB hits, which ranks him third league-wide behind Nick Bosta and Micah Parsons. So that is some pretty elite company. Yeah. And, and that kind of caught my eye. I think Will Anderson jr. Is quietly having himself one of the best years for any rookie. Uh, it's been mm-hmm. to, to say the least every, well, all and, the, and the, and the best part is like, nobody's really like clamoring about it or throwing it around in the media, but it's like, dude, this kid, this kid's a stud. Yeah. They, they were clamoring about how, how he was a stud before the draft. And it's obviously paying dividends for the Texans. It's a big reason why they're seven and six. It's yep. a big reason why they're in the running for the AFC South. Yep. You know, and it's a big reason why they've turned their seas their t- turned their team completely around. Yeah. So you know, he's hats off to him. Yeah, absolutely. He's been playing great football, getting it done. Um, and and I loved the pick. Number two, how the mighty fall. Devin Witherspoon falls out of that number one spot. He drops. Uh, uh, to number two here, he's got an 83.3 PFF grade, an 82.8 run defense grade, a 91.4 pass rush grade, and a 77.7 coverage grade. Now, I know what you're thinking. His grades rose because he did see a slight uptake in his grades after a successful pass defense when he was on the field. But during the game, really early on, he wound up suffering a rib injury, and he had to leave. And so at that point, availability, reliability, man, you weren't mm-hmm. on. You weren't on a field. I I don't know what else to tell you at that point, and and that makes number one, Puka Nakua. He he comes yep. up and he claims that number one spot. He he, he takes it back. He because he he was number one for a couple of weeks there, and it dropped to Witherspoon. But now Puka Nakua is back at number one. Eighty six point six PFF grade, eighty four point seven receiving grade, a ninety rushing grade. Uh, he has five. Re- he had five receptions for 84 yards against Seattle. He produced 28 receptions of 15 yards or more, um, and averaged 2.49 yards per route run while being targeted on over 27 of his routes. Um, all leading first-year receivers. I mean, nice. he's been the best first-year receiver so far by the numbers, according to Pro Football Focus, and the most surprising. Yeah. Yeah, very surprising. Uh, he's been just great. Uh, Puka Nakua sitting at, at number one on our list, on our rookie rankings. And this could be shaken up in the next four weeks. These rookies do have time. I mean, we got four more weeks. So we'll see what yep. happens. But, but Puka Nakua, man, getting it done, uh, sitting at number one. And uh, that's our rookie rankings. Now, Alex, we got some business to take care of. Mm-hmm. Uh, our picks are... Uh, are, are sort of underway. Uh, we we had to make our first four selections mm-hmm. because of the the games coming up here or the games that happen on Saturday and the Thursday game. 
So for the Thursday game, uh, I picked the Raiders. And then Saturday games, I picked the Vikings, Colts, and Lions. Alex picked the Chargers, Bengals, Steelers, and Lions. And Boots picked the Chargers, Vikings, Steelers, and Lions. So um, here we are. Uh, you know, I, I basically uh, I went and had a uh, three out of four in that situation. Alex goes out and has himself a two out of four. And then Boots goes out and has himself a two out of four as well. So uh, I, I technically, I guess, after those first four games, I have a one score, a one point lead, lead again. Yeah, but it, I'll tell you what, this has been very competitive, very neck and neck. Although I think part of the reason is, is that a lot of the times we're all picking the same teams. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and so it, it all comes down to like those games where you're like, where you're like not so fast or it's like, well, I have a different take. That's how the stuff seems to go. Right. You know, it, it's fun. It's fun to think about. And it's fun. It's fun to it's fun to watch. Yeah, when you and and those are the games that make the big difference is is when you mm-hmm. you find some game that's kind of close, you know, and and but you also sometimes you you know even a blind squirrel finds a nut is the old saying. Yeah. Sometimes you do find those those uh, uh, you do find those kind of upset games that you see coming. And last week I picked the Bears over the Lions, and everybody looked at me like I was nuts. And the Bears. <laughs> well, we did. We didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Bears over the Lions because I saw that Bears defense. So it was it was kind of interesting, but uh, yeah, it, as it currently stands right now, I am one twenty five eighty three and oh, Alex, you are tied with me one twenty five eighty three and oh. That's before we calculate any of these games. And Boots right now one twenty four eighty four and oh, so he's only a game back. So we're all real tight here. So this one's going to be mm-hmm. fun. Uh, Alex, you ready to make these picks? Let's get it on. All right, these are your predictions for week 15 in the NFL. Uh, We'll go ahead and start out with the Giants and the Saints. Look, uh, the Giants, This see, this is one of those tough games. We were just talking about it. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, the Giants, Tommy DeVito, he's just like this enigmatic guy, but then at the same time, the Saints defense is too freaking good for that guy. Give me the Saints. You know, not so fast, my friend. You know, something just tells me that there's something about this Tommy DeVito kid that if he continues to tap into the magic that got him over the Green Bay Packers, you know, that something tells me that this Giants team is just going to somehow, some way, squeak away with games they have no right squeaking away with. So to kind of, you know, again, just kind of throw a wrench in the works. And because I'm like, well, wait a minute now. If they can beat the Packers, they can beat the Saints. Give me the Giants. Wow. Ballsy. Ballsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next up, Bears and the Brownies. Uh, I'm going with the Browns here. I think Joe Flacco has it under control. Um, you know, and Boots, he he went with the Saints in that last game. He goes with the Browns here. I, I tend to agree with him here. I think Joe Flacco's on point. I think the Bears are going to have that come down to earth situation. This is going to be uh, uh, the Browns game, man. I'm, I'm going with the Browns. Yep, I I agree. You know, and for those same reasons, that Joe Flacco is the X factor here. You know, it, it'll be a good defensive battle because the, the Browns defense has been really good too. So you know, old Buston Fields is probably going to have a problem uh, with that Browns defense. So and Joe Flacco is going to have the edge. Yeah, I, I agree. With you. I, I I think that uh, Joe Flacco is going to have control of that situation uh, handily. 
Uh, next up, Falcons and the Panthers. You know, the Panthers are just a bad team at this point. The Falcons, they, they have a lot known for them as far as uh, being able to stop the pass. And uh, Bryce Young's just not a good thrower, so they might be able to just focus on the run. Who knows? But uh, I'm going with the Falcons here. I think this is a no-brainer. And who better to focus on the run than B. John Robinson? <laughs> yep, uh, so Arthur Smith's going to give the ball to the bowling ball, and uh, the, B. John's going to have a career game, or you know, or at least he'll have a very, very good game. Give me the Falcons. Yep, and uh, Boots also takes the Falcons and says, We fly high. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Right. There's I, I, that. I hope I'm doing you proud. Uh, yep. Next up, the Bucks and the Packers. Uh, look, the Packers coming off of a tough loss, but I there's something that tells me that this Packers team is going to be ready and rearing to go. Uh, you know what? Give me the pack. I, I think that the Bucks are going to struggle with this Packers team. Yeah, I mean, historically, we've seen that the Green Bay Packers seem to come alive in December for whatever reason. And I went with the Packers here, even though I'm crossing my fingers that the Buccaneers will beat them because division. But uh, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I totally agree. You know, the, the, the loss against the Giants was a fluke loss. Yeah. You know, it was an absolute fluke. So I don't expect lightning to strike twice. Give me the Packers. Yeah, I, that's that's what I'm rolling with, too. I think the Packers are, you know, they, they were hot until that game, and I think they're going to, you know, refine that hotness and just continue. So, uh, yeah, the Packers are, are the hot the hot hand, I think. Um, next up, the Jets and the Dolphins look, even without Tyreek Hill, I think this, this Dolphins team is just, it's an unstoppable force to some of these other squads. Unless you're one of part of the elite, you're going to struggle against the Miami Dolphins. Um, going with the Dolphins here. Uh, you know, last time they took on the uh, the Jets, Tyreek Hill. If he did play, if he does play this time around, he's gonna he's gonna smoke Sauce Gardner. Well, that's saying something. And and he did it last time. Uh, you know, he had over 100 yards. I think he had two touchdowns in that game. Give me the Dolphins. I'm going to go with the Dolphins, too, but it's going to be closer than you think because if Tyreek Hill doesn't play, then that Jets defense is going to start coming in coming into play. You know, Sauce might be able to cover uh, Jalen Waddle, And, you know, Brees Hall, let's not forget about Brees Hall. Yep. I mean, at the end of the day, if anybody's going to screw this game up for the Jets, though, it'll be Zach Wilson. Oh. You know, he had, he had himself a fluky game against the Texans, and granted, C.J. Stroud left with a concussion. So, you know, I'm not sold on Zach Wilson. You know, he's probably going to be the, stro- the straw that breaks the camel's back in this situation. It's a divisional game, and the Dolphins want to keep winning to keep their playoff, you know, chances high. Give me the Dolphins. Uh, next up, uh, and, and also Boots going with the uh, the Dolphins too, and he went with the Packers in the last game. Uh, next up, got the Chiefs and the Patriots. Look, the Chiefs are pissed. <laughs> right. Shit show. Um, this is Chiefs all day. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's against one of the you know this is the worst Patriots team in the league. It, 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 this is the worst Patriots team we've seen since before Tom Brady came in. And Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to be out for blood. You know, they got screwed out of a victory. They got screwed out of that Bills game, so they claim. 
Uh, you know, and but and Andy Reid got fined a hundred thousand dollars from the league. Patrick Mahomes got fined fifty thousand dollars from the league. You know what? They're they're angry. If the, this is going to be a blowout of epic proportions, give me the Chiefs. Yeah, I I think that's where we're at. And Boots is going the same way. Uh, you know, it's uh it's just going to be a spanking. To be perfectly, it's it's what's going to be. Uh, next up, Texans and the Titans. Look, I as much as I want to believe in Case Keenum, look, this is going to be the Titans all day. Uh, you you don't have you don't have uh, uh, C.J. Stroud out there. You don't have Nico Collins out there. You don't have Tank Dell out there. You might not have Dalton Schultz out there. Give me the Titans all day. You know, I was going to say not so fast, my friend, until you started listing the players that weren't going to be playing. C.J. Stroud was one thing, but then Nico Collins and Dalton Schultz, and you have Derrick Henry in Tennessee, the edge goes to the Titans. But barely. It's, it's, it's a division game. It should be pretty hotly, it should be pretty hotly contested. But at the end of the day, the legs, the, the legs and the body of Derrick Henry are going to be too much. Yeah, it's going to be a Derrick Henry type of game. And, and when Derrick Henry gets moving... It gets ugly, so I hope the, the Texans are prepared. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Exactly. Uh, and uh, Boots goes with the Titans, too. Next up, we got the Niners and the Cardinals. Uh, look, the Niners are the team to beat, and I don't see anybody beating them. Give me the Niners. I mean, you know, Atlanta Face just started uh, started playing in the Call of Duty League. You know, yeah. maybe, uh, maybe Kyler Murray can, you know, help, you know, raffle some tickets or... Uh, you know, offer his expertise, uh, but at this, because at this point, it's a it's a moot point. Give me the 49ers, huge. Oh yeah, big time. Uh, boots going the same way. Next up, we got the Commanders and the Rams. Uh, look, Matt Stafford's been hot lately. Puka Nakua, obviously hot, sitting on top of the the uh, offense or the Rookie of the Year rankings for us. Um, He's been having great games. Stafford's been been throwing it all over the yard. Uh, you know, for you fantasy football guys out there, three straight games of twenty plus points. You know, that's any indicator. I don't know uh, what else is. That's I mean, that's just what it is, man. Matt Stafford all day. Give me Matt Stafford and the Rams. Give me the Rams as well, although not so fast. You know, Sam Howell may something just tells me that Sam Howell is going to have a very surprising... He's he's had some games where he's been surprisingly good, and, you know, out of, like, out of everybody that's, like, out of all of the teams that have been much maligned in the league, Sam Howell is one of the more solid quarterbacks. So, you know, and, you know, Brian Robinson's out. So watch, see, look to see Antonio Gibson get some, uh, uh, get some more, get some more uh, attempts at the Rock. And, you know, ter- terrifying Terry McLaurin's going to be out there. You know, it- it's going to it's gonna be closer than you think. And I want the Rams to lose because then, you know, with that and another game, you know, the Lions will clinch a playoff spot, but that's me being selfish. But if, I, if, I, but if I'm going to put my brain on the line here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and pick the Rams because, as you said, Stafford, whether or not he needs Tommy John surgery, you know, and and Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, you know, that three, that one-two punch has been surprisingly refreshing, and it's going to show here. And not only that, let's also remember that the Commanders' defense is awful, and they traded away their two biggest stars yeah. in the midst of all of that. 
That so, is true. Yep. The, the commanders have no defense. So uh, get ready for it. The Rams, I, I, I expect a high-scoring affair because the Rams' defense ain't anything to write home about either. Mm-hmm. But I expect a high-scoring affair. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot That's of throwing. That's fair. A lot of throwing. And also look out for Tyren Williams. Look out for mm-hmm. him and have himself a good game. Um, next up, a great matchup, a Super Bowl-style matchup from the 90s. Uh, the Cowboys and the Bills, man. I love this game because mm-hmm. it brings up so much nostalgia of growing up as a kid in the 90s. Uh, look, the Bills are struggling. This Joe Brady offense is kind of weird. Uh, they they got to get Stephon Diggs involved, and I don't know that in this Joe Brady offense it, it, they're able to. Cowboys have been red hot. I know it's in Buffalo. I don't really care. Give me the Cowboys. You know, I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> Not so fast, my friend. Oh, boy. There's, just some, there's something about, you know, this matchup where it's two of the best teams in the league. Josh Allen is still Josh Allen. He's going to do Josh Allen things. We know this. And hopefully somebody's listening to this show and the Bills organization are going, hey, we need to involve Steph Diggs more. Especially since his brother, Trayvon Diggs, is still out with an injury. Uh, you know, take advantage, take advantage of, of that situation. You know, yeah, the, the Cowboys defense is still one of the top defenses in the league. But with Trayvon Diggs in the in the mix, you know, they, they could be unstoppable. But, you know, we found that out really early in the season. So it's going to be close. It's a home game. And it's it's something where it's like, okay, we have something to prove here. Give me the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I, okay, I, let me just take a look at what I, I I went with the Cowboys, but I'm changing my pick. Give me the Buffalo Bills. I, I texted my picks earlier in the week. I'm changing my mind to give me the Bills. Wow, ballsy. Ballsy. <laughs> Uh, next up, Ravens and Jags. Look, uh, the Jags have a tendency to surprise the Ravens every now and then. I don't think that's the case here. Give me the Ravens. I think that Todd Monken system has been too much. The Jags are kind of like they're streaky. They they get really good and they have a few good games and then they'll they'll have a couple in the dark. And I think this is going to be one of those ones that's in the dark. Give me the Ravens. I mean, it's a home game, but at the same time, you know, Ravens are way too hot. Yeah, yeah, give me give me the Ravens. Although it may be closer than you expect, let's uh, you know, expect a good performance from Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but at the same time, you're facing one of the best teams in football. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Boots also taking the Ravens here. He says, "We fly high." <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, last but not least, the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles going up against the Seattle Seahawks. Battle of the Birds. Uh, they're they're going to be taking each other on. Uh, look, I I don't completely trust the Seahawks, especially if Drew Locke winds up coming onto the field. But you also got to realize that even if uh, uh, Geno Smith does play, I mean, are you really getting the best of Geno Smith? Uh, you know what? Give me the Eagles in a bounce back game. Uh, you know this, then that'll probably you know say the goose is cooked there for uh, uh, Seattle after that one. To be honest yeah, I mean, especially if Drew Locke's the one playing, you know, the Eagles are, you know, they got punched in the mouth a couple times and they're going to be they're, they're pissed off, too. You know, Jalen Hurts finally got figured out by the Cowboys and, you know, they, they're never in a good mood when they lose to the Cowboys because they're a division opponent. So give me the Eagles. 
Yep. And uh, Boots says, Eagles, we, we fly. fly high. <laughs> oh, God. And with that, that's our predictions for uh, week 15 in the NFL. Um, and, uh, folks, before we get out of here, let's talk a little bit about uh, massages and take care of yourself at uh, It's Your Time Massage, IYTMassage.com. Amanda's a wonderful massage therapist. She does outstanding work. Swedish and deep tissue massages. She also uses, uh, she has CBD oil. She has uh, uh, cupping. She does cupping. So if, if you guys are into that, if you want to massage, if you want to feel good, if you want to, if you're sore, if, like I, I'm a professional wrestler. Alex, you're a pro wrestler. It's no secret. And you get a massage and you just feel amazing afterwards. That is the place to go to. It's your time massage. Check it out. IYTMassage.com. Or you can check her out on Facebook at It's Your Time Massage LLC. And she'll take good care of you. And remember, folks, it's your time. Uh, also, want to talk about Steel Twins Gaming. Alex, we got uh, some interesting stuff. I, I was actually, funny enough, mm-hmm. I was talking, doing Christmas shopping. With, with the wife and we're, we're walking through and I saw a video board that popped up with the new Ace Attorney game preview and the commercial and all of the release date stuff going on instantly thought of you and I looked at her and I said I'm so excited for that that's so- <laughs> yeah you yeah you don't know the half of it uh you know so we recently finished our 10th season of voice acting on the channel yeah. uh you know, did doing some nostalgic uh, Wind Waker action. So uh, check that out. Uh, and yes, we are beyond excited to bring you the uh, Apollo Justice uh, trilogy, as it were. You know, that's coming out January 25th. So right about the time we get back from the Jericho Cruise next year, uh, that is the next project. Uh, so between now and then, we're going to take a little bit of a break from the voice acting, but we will have content. In the interim, uh, Package and I uh, started a game of Mario Party, for example, and uh, we plan to finish that out. I might be bringing back Wednesday Night Fights. You know, uh, there was a very successful stream with Mortal Kombat a while back, so I might be bringing that thing back. So, you know, so yeah, I mean, voice acting is our bread and butter, but I really want to try to expand and try to do maybe get two streams in a week instead of the one. Got to figure out how that's going to work. But, uh, yeah, just come check out the channel, even for five minutes, and go to our YouTube channel for the archives. You know, it's, it's a barrel of laughs, and, you know, so, and you'll, you'll, you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll gasp, you'll laugh again. You know, it, you'll, you'll go through the gambit. You know, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you guys uh, have been producing, good t- well, I'm not going to say good, great content there for a while. Um, it, it's been something that, that, you know, when I, if I see it pop up on my feet at work, I immediately jump in and I, I want to listen to it. So that's exciting stuff. Also, talking a little bit about um, No Shot Bot TV, uh, formerly known as Big Willie Dubs Gaming. Will's doing cool stuff over there, doing a lot of Modern Warfare, a lot of first-person shooter stuff. It's exciting. It's fun to watch. A lot of, co- a lot of competitive gaming going on in his life right now. <laughs> Folks, mm-hmm. check it out, man. Uh, no he shot. is a Twitch affiliate, last I understand. So, you know, go give our boy some support. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's he been doing awesome stuff. He's been going to TwitchCon every year. Just excellent stuff. Give him some love. No Shot Bot TV. Check it out on uh, TikTok. Check him out on Facebook. Check him out on Twitch. All that good stuff. 
and uh, get that man uh, some love and maybe throw a couple donations his way as well as, uh, you know, Steel Twins Gaming. I'm sure they'd appreciate it, folks. Um, and next up, give a shout out to Patch Miracle Photography, uh, the best photographers in the Metro Detroit area. Uh, Andy, his wonderful wife, Chantel, doing excellent work. Um, they do the most high quality, beautiful photos. And mm -hmm. I just can't get over how wonderful our wedding photos looked. And, and yep. you know what? Golly, you, you just, uh, you can't find, it, it, there's nobody better in this area. If you're looking for wedding pictures, if you're looking for baby photos, if you're looking for first birthday pictures, if you're looking for graduation pictures, if you're looking for do, to do to some uh, uh, sexy boudoir shoot for that special someone in your life, check it out. PatchMiraclePhotography.com. I highly recommend them. If you're in the Metro Detroit area and you need a photographer, please, please, please give them a call. Check it out. PatchMiraclePhotography.com. Or you can find them at Facebook at PatchMiraclePhotography as well. Book yourself an appointment and just be prepared to be wowed by the wonderful quality pictures that you're going to wind up be getting that you're going to wind up getting. They're definitely worth the money, folks. Um, and also want to give a shout out to Face Kicked Apparel, Sean Stockmeyer, his wonderful wife, Lisa, doing awesome custom work, uh, custom hats, hoodies, T-shirts, pants, you name it, you pick it. He sticks it at facekickedapparel.com. You can check him out, facekickedapparel.com. Check him out on Facebook, Face Kicked Apparel. You get a sample of his work. Alex had some awesome shirts made over there, and uh, they're all super high quality, very well done. And uh, folks, get your face kicked in with savings. There you go. Um, and that's our show. Actually, there's one more sponsor we have to shout out. Uh, we we got it. If you like books, yeah. I ate cookies out of the trash by uh, Tammy Pruitt. Uh, you know, a wonderful author. Uh, you know, it it goes. You know, it's a it's a life story. You know, teaches life lessons. It's available online only, Amazon or wherever you get your eBooks. Uh, but please do your best to support a local author. I ate cookies out of the trash by Tammy Pruitt. Go out of your way and purchase this book. You won't regret it. Yeah, absolutely. I ate cookies out of the trash. You know, it's it's a really excellent book. It's an inspirational guide, you know, and it's based on her real life experiences, you know, dealing with body image and eating issues. And she shapes her book with her own struggles and how to overcome them, uh, you know, and, and it's supported with research based facts. And it's her own professional advice as a registered dietitian. She lets others know that they're not alone in struggling with self-love and body image and disordered eating, you know, and, and it's an excellent read. I highly recommend it. Amazon books. You can find it on bardsandnoble.com. Uh, have this, have a read. She's an excellent author um, and, and a wonderful human being on top of it. If you, if you've ever met Tammy, she's wonderful. So folks check it out. I eat cookies out of the trash. Uh, and, and, uh, Really en enjoy that book because it's worth every penny. And now I think we're, we're all good to go. Uh, sometimes it's hard to remember all those. But uh, Alex, thanks for joining us. Um, and, and man, week 15 is underway currently. The mm -hmm. game's coming. Um, it's going to be. Four, we got four weeks left 15, 16, 17, 18. Yep, and Playoffs are right around the corner. Yep, week eighteen. I expect that you're going to be in studio. We're going to have the the oh, yeah. week, the week eighteen celebration. Um, week eighteen is like a 
like a football holiday around here these days. Yep, the last week of the regular season is always filled with fireworks. Yeah, lots of playoff impl- implications going on. It's going to be fun. So uh, week 18, get ready for that one. But in the meantime, we've got a, well, we got four more weeks of football, folks, before we hit playoff time. Uh, so I hope everybody's excited. And with that, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. Alex, thanks for joining me. And uh, we'll be right back. Well, we'll see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. You're probably talking about us because we're the only ones to talk about. Ciao! You did a really good job on that. <laughs> Thank you. Very, very tough guyish. I appreciate it.